Welcome to the Lost Lowdown Podcast 126 with your hosts Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? We are back, but not continuing our Season 2 commentary series. Uh, I know. Hope you were sitting down. Instead, uh, we're going to take a little break from that commentary series uh, and do a little very special Lost Lowdown where we look back at not only the beginning of the Lost Lowdown, but uh, Lost itself. Hmm. Wow. I know, and the audience goes crazy. So... Uh, our next episode in the in the season two commentary series is Two for the Road, which intrepid Lost Slowdowners will remember was our first podcast on Lost, and um, we thought that might be a nice little point to kind of look back and uh, see how far we've come in, uh, in respect to the show. Uh, so we got two kind of interesting things to talk about. The first interesting thing is the Lost Writer's Guide. Which uh, came out on the interwebs uh, back in September of 2013. Uh, which this is basically a document that the uh, showrunners put together to kind of um, convince the ABC executives that uh, Lost had legs, as it were, as a TV show. Um, and so we'll get into the nitty gritty version of that, and then. Uh, Another cool thing that we'll link to is one of our longtime listeners, Vince, put together a kind of highlight reel of um, our Two for the Road podcast. Um, so if you don't have time to listen to the the original Lost Lowdown number one, I think it was like an hour and a half, um, Vince has put together uh, a, a highlight reel, which, which uh, specifically looks at a couple of our theories and whether or not they were right or wrong. <laughs> uh, on what the show eventually uh, told us. So, pretty exciting stuff, huh, Justin? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really uh, interesting to listen to. I, I, I like how it's put together and the sound effects. And, yeah, it's cool to hear your own theories confirmed or, you know, uh, not confirmed, mm-hmm. as the case may be. And, uh, yeah, we made, we made a couple of surprisingly prescient comments on that uh, podcast. Yeah, true. I, I, I was impressed at, at how savvy we were already about sort of how loss works, even though I still feel like we were kind of naive at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's fun to listen to, even if you want to just go ahead and listen to the whole thing, because it, it sort of distills things down a bit and... Uh, and I, yeah, I'm really glad he made that. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, Vince, thanks. It was really fun. It was really cool to listen to, and uh, a lot of work went into that. You can tell. So uh, we'll definitely have a link to that on our page. Justin, where can people find the Lost Lowdown? Well, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. There's so many ways to find the Lost Lowdown. Um, I believe the simplest one is uh, you can just go to uh, lastlowdown.com. What? Uh, yeah, we uh, we apparently uh, are able to use that URL to direct to our page. If you prefer to sort of use the home URL, I guess it's thelastlowdown.blogspot.com, uh, and you can go there that way, or you can do a Google search. <laughs> for the Lost Lowdown, <laughs> and you will find us, or even Lost Podcasts, we are fairly high in the results now. 
which is very exciting. Yeah, so one of our greatest uh, goals for the Lost Lowdown was to uh, be in the top ten of Google search results uh, if you search Lost Podcast. And um, we just recently found out uh, that we are now, like, the eighth result uh, if you search uh, Lost Podcast on Google. And uh, that only took, like, eight years. So (laughs) I think... um, you know, as we were just joking off podcast, um, it's really easy to get uh, high on the on the search results list when you outlast every other podcast. <laughs> you know, so exactly. All you gotta do is uh, stick around past the point of relevancy, and uh, you too can be high on Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret, kids. That's, That's how it works. Secret. That's the secret. Don't quit, even when people tell you to. Just keep going, even if, even if it's long past the point of anyone caring. Exactly. Just keep going until you can't go anymore. You're going to climb that Google ladder, I promise. Even if no one's typing it in Google, <laughs> because no <laughs> one cares. Even if Google doesn't exist anymore, because it's <laughs> 100 years. <laughs> exactly. Don't give up. At a certain point, it doesn't matter, but until then, you will be (laughs) the king. The king of Google search results. (laughs) Exactly. Which which is everyone's goal in life, I'm sure. Exactly. That's what matters. Okay, so let's get into this lost document. Uh, This is probably the most, I mean, the most instructive document on Lost next to the Lost Encyclopedia, which barely counts, because that came after the show. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different. It's, you know, what they call in Latin uh, ex post facto uh, stuff. I mean, they all, you know, uh, got together and wrote down what they wanted to say about various things in the show after Everything had already been, you know, written and shown, and so it's it's retcony, you know. I mean, it's sort of the final retcon, if you like. Um, <laughs> the I one mean, retcon to rule them all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, and so that's and it, and you know, the other thing is that it's it's for it's for publishing. I mean, it's for people. It's for the fans to buy, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's for the audience. And I think. That distinguishes it from this document, which uh, was written for uh, the the studio to look at, um, and so it's it's a behind the scenes thing. This was not meant for the fans to read, and so it really gives you an inside look. And I would say, uh, with the exception of, I remember uh, there was there was a photograph from season five, I think, uh, in a magazine where you saw a little board behind them of a sort of uh, outline of the season. Yeah. And it had little plot points that were, like, roughly correct uh, for what they ended up doing, but slightly different. And uh, that I found that very – and there were parts that it couldn't quite read, uh, frustratingly. And uh, ever since then, you know, I had this wish, like, God, I just wish I could know, you know – what they were talking about and what they were saying behind the scenes because, you know, I know there's all these decisions to be made, all of these little plot points and mysteries and character uh, uh, development decisions that, you know, uh, they have to talk through. And I'm sure a lot of ideas got thrown out there 
that they didn't go with and you know things change over time and you know i mean the writing process i mean is is like that i think you know i mean it's you know you 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 come up with ideas you you think about them or you even write them down and then maybe change your mind or whatever or you even change from what your original view of why you were doing it you know was and so I think the great thing about this is that I mean the date on here is May 5th 2004 so we really get a view into uh, what was in their mind about Lost as a series and sort of the they, they talk about the mythology in, in a fair amount of detail um, and about what the show was going to be like and you know although uh, Damon Lindelof did come out and say uh, that uh, in a sense they they sort of knew they were being a bit deceptive here they were trying to sell it you know they wanted to get the show uh, financed and you know put on the air and then they would sort of you know make uh, the show that they sort of really wanted to make so it's not a hundred percent what they wanted but at the same time I think it does show I mean there's a lot of things in here I think that they really did mm-hmm. and uh, it I think it does sh- also show um, what some of the network pressure was um, you know because of the things that they focus on and they sort of uh, spend a lot of time saying it's not going to be this it really tells you what the network was thinking uh, uh, they, they didn't want from Lost mm-hmm. and I think I think in some of those concerns you can see them being addressed on the show and to a certain extent I mean I think they they didn't do it as extremely as they describe here in the document but I think some of these things actually do uh, sort of have uh, are in some way addressed on the on the actual show that that we all saw, yeah. And uh, and I, you know, and it just it also makes me think about the you know the fact that even though I mean the pilot was enormously successful, this was written before the pilot had been aired, so you know they had a lot less power at this point um, yeah. in terms of doing what they want. But I think even after you know the success of the pilot, I mean the ratings in general over the seasons declined, and they did have of course the end date and all that. But I'm sure the networks continued to tell them certain things that they would prefer you know to have or not have and. And, uh, you know, I would really like to know what those were. We may never know what those were and in what way that influenced the show. But I think uh, for, for this time, for the early, early uh, period of the show, I mean, just insanely early, literally, like, episode one hasn't been <laughs> written yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, I think it's, it's really, to me, like, this is incredibly exciting because it's exactly the kind of thing that I've wanted to have for so long. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to go through this thing and talk about some of these little details that uh, are extremely interesting to me in retrospect, you know. Well, speaking of talking about this document, why don't we talk about this document? That's a good idea. Oh, I want to say one more thing in general. Uh, when this thing came out, um, the the majority of comments that I read about it were um, were just mainly trashing Damon Lindelof because you know he as as we talked about a bit off off podcast like he's kind of become this online punching bag mm-hmm. uh for people to just 
you know, make derisive comments and call him names and stuff and just, you know, any opportunity to tear him down on the internet, people just yeah. love, you know, and I know we, uh, you know, are not always 100% complimentary when it comes to loss, but, you know, uh, we both recognize that we're here because they did something good. Yes. And, you know, I, I think I think that's kind of getting lost, you know, because I think those people in general, I mean, a lot of them at least, I mean, they wouldn't care at all if he didn't do something right, yeah. you know? And I think it's, I think it's really, I don't know, there's just something really depressing or just uh, awful about that whole phenomenon. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, there's... There's a lot of elements there. First, it's just, it's sort of unfair in a way to 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 lambast someone for something they they create that you decide in the end you don't like, and you only decided you didn't like it at the end. Yeah. So you stuck exactly. with it because yeah. it was good. Yes. And, and it didn't end the way you wanted it. So now you you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say the whole thing was was shit. You know, and then it's kind of like, well, where else in entertainment um, do people feel this level of entitlement to sort of the perfect conclusion to something? You know, most yeah. TV shows don't get a real ending. The ones that do get a real ending, the ending isn't necessarily great uh, yeah. or anything more than what the show needed. And so, you know, Lost just lives under this these sort of unfair burdens by the popularity and the, uh, that was created around the show. Right. And, you know, Damon and Carlton be sort of leaders of that, uh, of that train. Um, trains have leaders, right? <laughs> and <laughs> yes, yes, the train leader, the well-known... Uh, the archetype, as, as we all know, uh, of the train leader. Uh, you know, as as you know, Carlson Damon sort of being the uh, the people get all that attention. Uh, it, it's just really unfair. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Damon is basically pretty much the world's most well known screenwriter. I mean, screenwriters aren't really that well known, uh, and the fact that he, you know, obviously with Twitter and Facebook and stuff, you know, kind of put himself out there more. But um, it's just a strange circumstance where where. Um, we're 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 not he, he's not just being judged on the merits of his show now it's it's any other show that happens now mm -hmm. you know, we need to comment on this in relation to lost yeah so breaking bad ends okay how does this ending compare to the lost ending yeah you know and it's kind of like well is that relevant i mean they're completely different shows so uh, yeah. yeah i feel but we all feel bad about the, how much how much uh, um crap uh damon had damon specifically had to take and, uh, and people might know he kind of got bullied off of twitter uh because of comments relating to how breaking bad ended and everyone thought it was so much better than the lost ending and uh and and it's interesting because all this stuff ties into this specific document we're about to talk about uh, exactly it all ties exactly to and you know one of my as i told you before justin you know one of my favorite quotes in terms of uh screenwriting or maybe sort of life in general i don't know but you know, every criticism is born from an unmet expectation. So if you're watching something and you find out, you know, you don't, something happens and you don't like it, 
is not necessarily that you didn't like the outcome. It's most likely that the setup led you to believe a different outcome was going to happen. You know, so if you didn't like the ending, the loss, chances are it's because the writers and the in the, the sort of show in general um, led you to believe something else was going to happen, and it didn't meet your expectations. Thus, you have this criticism of it. Um, and of course, no show is going to be perfect. So you know, there's going to be criticisms no matter what they did uh, yeah. with with the ending. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. So anyway. That being said, yeah, let's talk about this document because there's it, it really is really trying to address expectations um, and mm-hmm. trying to address uh, any criticisms that you know specifically the the executives who this was addressed to um, might might have had before um, agreeing to uh, to greenlight the, the you know the first season and all that stuff. So yeah, so like we said before this. This document was was presented after the pilot was shot, but before the pilot was aired. So Lost kind of could have gone anywhere at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, and we're gonna see some of the <laughs> ways it could have gone yeah. uh, as we proceed through it. So um, you should be able. We we should have a link to this document in our little uh, on our podcast. Yes. So hopefully that's there now. Um, when you're listening to this, <laughs> not there now as we're talking, but it should be now as we're talking. I love it. I feel like we're uh, we're uh, time traveling or something. something with time travel there, yeah. So if you could also post the next lotto numbers, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> do that too. It's gonna work, but. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yes, the 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 lost uh, document along with along with the lotto numbers will be there on the lostlotto.com. It tells me the lotto numbers are going to be the lost numbers. So go there and win millions. Yeah. What else would they be? What else would they be? Okay. So let's start on this document, the Lost Writers Guide. I've highlighted some things to talk about. Um, you know, we can kind of, I guess, just go page by page and whatever we want to kind of bring up. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the first question in this document, uh, one of the first big questions. Uh, so anyway, the document starts talking about, you know, what is the franchise? What do the episodes look like? You know, putting in the context of other shows. And they started off talking about how, you know, Lost can be any kind of franchise drama. It can be a medical show, a cop show, a lawyer show, character drama. Uh, and, and one of the great lines here is, all the stories that populate a season of the OC play out here on our island. Oh, it's much higher stakes. And I'm like, really? You're going to call the OC into this? It's like, okay. You stole my boyfriend. No, I didn't. I never saw the OC, but I assume that was every episode. Me either, as far as I know. Yeah. I, I guess the OC was popular at the time, and they thought that was a good reference point. I, it's it is strange because um, oh okay no 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 sorry they do reference ER for the medical show. They did yeah. Um, so I guess those are the two like specific uh, shows they reference here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah so so this first part is is sort of a sort of a a Q and A like they're imagining they're imagining the executives asking them you know, uh, these questions, they're anticipating them and then giving them answers to the questions they anticipate um, that the executives will have. And, yeah, so this one is like, okay, like, what's the show? Like, 
I like the the pilot was cool and all, but like, how does that a show? You know, which I think is a reasonable thing to ask. You can't actually. have a plane crash every episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly, because it's really specific what happens in the pilot. That that's not a formula, you know. Um, and so I think, uh, I think what they say here is 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 a bit strange. Um, I think there's a sense in which. Uh, what they say is true. I mean, uh, I do think that w uh, what they don't mention and the way in which it becomes true really is the, the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, like when they talk about the medical show, they really talk about it on the island. Um, and the cop show is also on the island. And the lawyer show is on the island, you know? <laughs> um, character drama, okay. That makes sense to be on the island. But... Um, uh, I think what ended up happening was that the, those elements became the, the flashbacks. So, like, Jack's flashbacks definitely have a, a medical show vibe to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, you could say that, to a certain extent, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sawyer's flashback, maybe Anna Lucia's flashback more directly. Um, you know, it, to a certain extent, uh, Mr. Echo's uh, second flashback, the question mark, like, had a, had a cop show uh vibe to it i mean we even talked about that at the time you yeah know, like where he's investigating things for the catholic church you know and like it's, yeah it's, the priest detective yeah the priest detective exactly and it like it it totally has that kind of uh formula with a lost you know mystery twist sort of thrown in you know um, lawyer show, I mean, they definitely had that uh, to, to a certain ex Oh, I guess Kate's, too. Lawyer show, they definitely had that with Michael, and, like, the, you know, he goes through all that stuff with the, the custody, and, and mm -hmm. you know, there's several scenes there. There was there was a lawyer show with Kate when she gets off the island, uh, and there's the trial and all that stuff. Um, so I think they, they sort of, they sort of did do this, but not on the island, as they Well, I mean, here. they... They did do some island versions of this stuff, right? I mean, you, you know, the medical version is when, you yeah. know, somebody gets sick and Jack has to, you know, you know, Jack yes. has to figure out what's going on. He's got to use son's help. You know, he's got to deal with his right. leg. I mean, so, you know, you get an ER yeah, version right. of that. And then the lawyer stuff, I think, is more about the ethics. You know, they, they, they claim, you know, they mention here about, you know, how, do, how, do, how would the Losties put... Uh, one of their fellow lossies on trial for something and you know it never really got to that point but i mean there was yeah. informal trials and tribunals and people gathering to uh judge what to do about something uh so you know it yeah. kind of had it, it it had that to a degree you're right you're right that's true and i guess yeah occasionally they would investigate things <laughs> but <laughs> that might be a lot of the show actually but um uh, yeah, but they didn't, they didn't quite take it as far, I guess, especially with the, the trial. I mean, they, they were, uh, we'll see that later. Like, they, they really were planning to have, like, a lot more in terms of or political organization mm -hmm. um, of the survivors, um, which, yeah, which would have been interesting. But, yeah, it just, it, it, it always came down to, well, we sort of accept that you're the leaders and there's a small group and they're kind of just going to informally decide what to do, you know. Yeah, but it, it never really came to uh, it never really came to such a what, you know putting anybody on trial. I mean, I guess Juliet got put on trial, but uh, that wasn't quite well. That was a <laughs> everyone wants to forget about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you know, but that's the others. And I think I think uh, uh, it sort of makes sense that the others had that sort of those sorts of They're way more formal. Place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, but yeah, the survivors it, it never it never got to that point, and you know it, it splintered too much. I think uh, in terms of groups and various people doing various things in various places, and it never worked. But you know, character drama is sort of, you know, I mean, you have that on almost any show. I mean, that's <laughs> I would of, hope so. That's kind of the basic engine of a television show. The character so. drama? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I hope TV knows that. <laughs> so do I, actually. I would be disturbed. So yeah, that was that was that that question. But it is it's kind of amusing to read because I think the even though they did incorporate these elements, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that the show like is built on this idea of sort of each episode is a new franchise. Like it didn't quite. Yeah, I, and I think again that's what's interesting about this document is. Is you know they're 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 only showing part of their hand here, and then the other part of the hand they're just they're they're bluffing. Yeah. You know, so they're trying to make it seem like oh it's a very simple show to grasp, and oh it's a cop episode, it's a lawyer episode mm-hmm. or subplot, and and they did do all these things, but I think they were much less uh, they were more subtle about the um, the structure and the, the themes uh, that you know. So it wasn't as it wasn't as obvious. Yeah, and I think I feel like these things were more, um, except for character drama, which I, I'm setting that aside. But the the typical, the, I mean, those are the three big genres for TV: medical, cop, and and lawyer. And uh, I I feel like those things were more like um, extra things, like uh, icing. I mean, they they were not the core of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and but and they sell it here as though that's really the core of the show. Yeah, um, and I I think that's the part that doesn't does, it didn't really hold up over time. But I totally see why they did that. And you're right, like what they're doing here is selling the part that's sellable. Yeah, and you know, leaving the other part, you know, in, in terms of just hoping they'll be convinced so they can <laughs> you know put in that other stuff. Yeah. So, okay, you want to go to the next page here? Um, yes. It talks about the question, is lost a genre show? And one of the things I, I pointed out here uh, is this line, if we do it right, the quote paranormal will always be coupled with a logical explanation to remind <laughs> the audience that this is the real world. <laughs> cut really? to the cave of light. Really, guys? Uh, <laughs> cut to anything. Cut to, yeah, cut yeah, to Walt showing up in the uh, wet, speaking backwards, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the moment our characters stop being amazed by amazing things, the show becomes inaccessible to a broader audience. Yes, you're right, it does. <laughs> so why did you guys do that? Yeah, but that's funny. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, people were like, oh, that crazy thing, whatever, that was last week. And it's, Yeah, like, when, when Man in Black walks into the, the, the barracks and he talks to Sawyer, Sawyer's like, I don't know if you're time traveling or if you're the ghost of Christmas past, but <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to drink this whiskey. 
Yep. Like, that's the point he was at by that time. Like, he was so past being amazed. He was not going to be amazed by that at all. He was just like, whatever. It, it goes back to, uh, <laughs> they don't impress me much, you know? Exactly. Oh, so you, you're, time, you're time traveling, like, evil incarnate? Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, um, yeah, there will be episodes that are grounded in reality and have no elements of the fantastic whatsoever. That's true. That does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, the, they have normal threats. That's true. The, the thing at the end, if we do our jobs right, we can walk that fine line and never be branded as quote-unquote sci-fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I pointed that out, too, because I, I think they were correct, right? I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't really call it a sci-fi show. But here's... here's they have sci-fi was, elements. Yeah, and this is what I think is interesting about that, is is when they did bring in the, the real kind of hard sci-fi of Daniel Faraday, mm-hmm. he embodies the hard sci-fi of the show, pretty much, yes. next to, next to uh, you know, Dharma in general. Dharma, yeah. Uh but what's interesting is, you know, when you get Dan to the island to do his experiments, they come up inconclusive. Right. So I feel like maybe that's their their way of not trying to be sci-fi. Of like, okay, yeah. we'll we'll have a character who is who's a scientist, so he's got to do sciency stuff as a, as a as a character. But we're not going to give you sci-fi answers. We're not going to, you know, really. I mean, eh, there's still sci-fi elements, but like. I wonder if that's why they, you know we didn't we they didn't want to uh, give us any hard data. You know they didn't want to show us a map of every place the island has appeared and you know right. like that or um, just just be you know science science needs data. <laughs> you yeah, know yes. and they were like yeah we're not gonna give you that. Yeah 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 that's not this show's not gonna be about that. I mean. They, they will acknowledge that I, – I think what they did was they said that, you know, there, there are phenomena that, uh, you know, are on the island that could be understood in a scientific way. Mm-hmm. But I think they, they stopped well short of saying that the whole island can be explained that way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and all of the scientists who tried to understand the island failed. Yes. Um, and, and that was just – that was just that, and and so yeah, uh, yeah. I, so I think I think even though I mean they did say that it was very um, important that they not be that kind of show, that they not be thought of as a as a sci-fi show. I mean I think they were able to edge their way in there without committing mm-hmm. um, fully. I mean they, it's it's sort of like you know what they were saying before. It's a medical show. It's a cop show. It's a lawyer show. It's a sci-fi show. You know, like you, you have you have that little bit of uh, you know, a dash of sci-fi. Yeah. But uh, but not so much that it's like you know, it's not uh, Star Trek, it's not Battlestar Galactica, it's not you know, literally people on spaceships and aliens and you know, robots and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's much much more. The the extent of the sci-fi is much more uh, small scale, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and the logical explanation thing, you know, they continued to say that. Uh, I mean, that was a quote that, like, a lot of fans love to pull out and, and 
rub in their face uh, for years uh, during this series, <laughs> and and to this day, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that they, you know, they would say, they would say, you know, everything on Lost can be explained with science, you know, or or pseudoscience. They said, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I think, I kind of think that they they intended to do that for for a while. I mean, past this point. Uh, I, I think I think uh, as, as late as whenever that quote came from, which was I believe season two or three or so, um, I think that they did have in mind that they they would do that. But I think there there must have been a point where they said to themselves, "Yeah, uh, the smoke monster is not going to be explained with science." Science can't explain that. No. <laughs> Why not? Well, it could, but it's not going to be nanobots. It's not nanobots? Oh. It's definitely not nanobots. So the Cave of Light wasn't a, a nanofactory? You, <laughs> you just got transmutated into nanobots? <laughs> nanofactory. I mean, you know, who am I to say that it's not a nanofactory? But the point is, the the show doesn't say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's a mother doesn't say, now watch out for that nanofactory down there. <laughs> You have to stay away. Stay away from the nanofactory kids. It's dangerous. It will hurt you. But I think Adventure Show is accurate. I mean, I think I think this I think this paragraph is is fairly honest for where they were at the time. Mm-hmm. I would say compared to the first one, which I think was kind of was kind of cagey. Yeah. Uh so the next thing that was interesting where it says um the beginning, oh, yeah. the beginning of the next episode presents an entirely new dilemma to be resolved that requires no knowledge of the episodes that preceded it, except for the rare two-parter. And I'm like, yeah, that that's not true either, guys. Like, <laughs> you can't just hop into a lost episode and know what's going on. Yes. Uh, no. You might need, you know, a little knowledge, but not no knowledge. You're gonna you're gonna need some knowledge of what's happening. Yes. So that's another, uh, you know, and I guess that was a that was a thing. Is oh yeah, that that's how this question starts. Is it self-contained or serialized? And the answer is self-contained. Seriously, mm-hmm. we promise. Yeah, and it's like one yeah, line for you're, each. You're, you're totally lying. That's that. This yeah. is how they lie. <laughs> this is complete bullshit. And the fact that they're saying it that way, that's how you know they're lying. That's how you know they're lying. Because <laughs> they're so emphatic. The reason they're saying that way is because. Uh, they they know that someone reading this is going to be like, yeah, I don't see it. I'm not buying it. Like they they need to emphasize seriously. Mm-hmm. We promise. Mm-hmm. No, really. <laughs> We're not lying, because there's mysteries, right? Because there's uh, elements that have to carry over a long period of time. And what does that mean? It means not self-contained. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's absurd. It's definitely not true. There are certain episodes that are somewhat self-contained, but as you said, like, that that's somewhat. I mean, it still requires something. I think I think uh, we you have the previously on Lost thing, mm-hmm. which uh, is, I think, intended there to try to distill the bare minimum of information that you need to know to understand the episode. I still think it's a lot of times not really enough, but I think that's one way they tried to address this problem. Yeah. 
of making it sort of self-contained. And then before the seasons, they would do those like hour-long things where they would sort of recap uh, the show up to that point. Yeah. Uh, and I think that also was intended to sort of ameliorate this problem of people wanting to tune in but just being lost about sorry mm -hmm. about where the you know <laughs> where the characters are what's going on like you know yeah exactly just getting like dropped into this thing um but yeah this just as accessible on a weekly basis as a traditionally procedural drama like like no just no, no. i mean and, I mean, the ratings show that. Like, it was a core audience that was following it that was really making up the majority by the end because the people who left the show for a while, if they came back, were lost. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, this is just this is just complete BS. But, but it does show what the network wanted. For sure. You know. Uh, and and I, and I think they they did address that in in various ways. I mean, there were in addition to previous on Lost, there were also fair amounts of dialogue about that were just exposition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, we talked about the whole oh the bottle, the bottle with the messages, <laughs> the bottle with the messages that I buried under this, you know, yeah. all this stuff, you know. Um, so they, they would do things like that. To, you know, if you didn't watch that episode, they'll tell you some stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, so that you can understand. So they, they, there were the considerations for those audience members, but I think the extreme they say here is yeah. very This far is not lip service. We are absolutely committed, underlying committed, to this <laughs> conceit. And it's like, wow, yes. I've never seen such blatant lying in my life. I know, I know. The and more I've they say seen, it. And I've seen Ben Linus's entire story. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, you know, this was written by J.J. Abrams and David Lindelof, and they write it in the style of the of a lost script. Like if you've ever if you've ever read a lost script, they always have these. Uh, I mean, they're they're written in a very entertaining sort of in-your-face way. Yeah. And they have like these underlined parts and these one-line, one-word things, and you know, it's so it it has that here with all these underlined things and. Uh, uh, yeah. It like it's sort of like it's talking to you. Like I can sort of imagine JJ in front of me, like pitching this thing. Yeah, it's like a written pitch. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's a classic. I I'm amazed by that one. <laughs> uh, all right, next page. All right, so next page. Uh, yes, let's do it. All right, so what's the shape of the first season? one of their big oh, yeah. questions here and one of the things i want to uh pull out was they talk about compressing time and that each episode will cover one or two days and the first season roughly covers the first 40 days on the island and yes. i want to make a note to see if that was true or not so um i think it is i think it's really close because uh, I, I the uh, the wow, there's the famous episode, the other 48 days, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so I think what that means is that, I mean maybe that includes a bit of season two, but um, up until the point where they they meet the tail section, uh, you know when Anna Lucia shoots Shannon, I guess uh, was w from from the plane crash was 48 days, I believe. So it looks like Exodus 
the season one finale uh, was the 44th day. Yeah. So pretty close, guys. Pretty close. That's how. Yeah. So they they were they were. That's exactly what they did. Um, let's see. Another thing that's interesting to me about this um, is they they reference 24 and they talk about each episode being a day, and the fact that the next episode picks up where the previous one left off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that to me that feels like that's a little bit. Uh, uh, intention with the previous <laughs> question like well if that's happening then uh it doesn't feel like a procedural show like procedural shows just sort of uh come in mm-hmm. in no particular defined time period yeah they they contradict themselves in this document i mean you can't say that uh, viewers can jump into any episode and not 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 need to know what happened before when later you say Oh well, we're gonna see characters doing stuff over time. So instead of like, you know, cutting to an episode, you know, we drop into an episode where they had built a raft. We're gonna see them build the raft over time, and it's kind of like, well, yeah. Then that means if you drop into the third episode of them building the raft, you need to know the first two episodes why they decided to build the raft. You know, exactly. So they do. They do contradict themselves with with how they're trying to pitch this. Yeah, like they say here, audiences won't tune in to find out our characters have built an elaborate treehouse. We'll watch them build it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but then it's like, but then you have to, you know, if you do tune in and they're done building it, then you, yeah, then you, you, or if you tune in to the end when they built it, you don't know whose idea it was to build it. You don't know why they're trying to build it. You don't know, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, you do need to have seen the previous episode exactly like if they didn't watch it then yeah they will tune in to find that they built a tree <laughs> that's exactly what's gonna happen like it's it's i mean literally i i don't know it's it's strange that the previous question <laughs> was so so much opposed to what they're saying here mm-hmm. but uh but what they say here is is fairly accurate i i would say that they continued this idea um until pretty late uh, I mean, even season six has this kind of format. I mean, it's not quite one day, one episode, but it's, you know, each episode covers a fairly short time period. Yeah. And, you know, w- with the flashbacks accepted, you know, and, and they did have the three-year gap, you know. But uh, when we were seeing time progress, it was usually on that scale of, you know, something like uh, something like 24, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, more spread out, of course wasn't one day yeah but uh yeah so i so i would say i would say this one is less less uh lie lie filled <laughs> than the, previous one. the lie quotient is lower yes exactly the uh the lq um so the next part about what is the island is pretty interesting um Yes. So they mentioned, uh, you know, limited, limitless possibilities. And one story, our group finds what seems to be a Nazi bunker. <laughs> remember uh, that episode? Yeah, remember that episode where they found Hitler's lost bunker? And it's like, <laughs> this is where he went after the war. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. I was like, why didn't we get a Nazi bunker episode? I know. Um, I know. We got close with Jughead, you know, we were in that time period, but yeah. uh we didn't we didn't actually get any Nazis. 
No. Which, which I have to say was probably the only thing missing on Lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they totally forgot Nazis. Forgot Nazis. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, they they talk about they talk about the mythology being compartmentalized as opposed to interconnected, which I think is sort of true. It's kind of an interesting idea, but I feel like I feel like most mythology is that way. I would think even the X-Files is that way to some extent. Um, not that I've seen it, but I feel like it's hard for it not to be that way. You know, you have this piece and that piece, and and they sort of fit together, but you can also think about them by themselves. Mm, yeah, I, I, I see what they're saying. I mean, th there's separate mythologies, right, that, that yeah. might interconnect, but not necessarily interconnect. Um, you know, the Dharma mythology is different than the... Uh, the uh, like pre the, the the military that was in on the fifties, you know, like they're, yeah, they're kind of separate and that's true. Uh, and the so others, and the yeah, other, yeah, the, the, yeah. It's it's, it's it's interesting to, to to put it that way, but I, I think that's that's mostly true, and I think yeah. that helps them with not having a huge interconnected mystery where like, you know, you got to start with the losties and then backtrack to Dharma and then backtrack to the fifties right. and then backtrack to the eighteen hundreds, then backtrack yeah. to to the mother episode to really figure out what's going on. I mean, you don't have to follow right. that line uh, to get all the pieces because none of them fit together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's true. But actually, I, I think uh, I think some of the some of the weakest points in the mythology are places where you have interconnections. I think that was yeah. that that actually causes a lot of problems. Some of the places where you have this one mythology, you have another mythology, you establish a link, but then it creates problems. Like like specifically with the uh, the others in the fifties. Yes. With uh, others in the seventies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, the others in Dharma, the others in Jacob, the others in the smoke monster. You see a pattern here. <laughs> it's always the others, I know. <laughs> the others. <laughs> it really is. I uh, yes, I have big problems with the others, but uh, uh, yeah. But I but I think that's um, well, you know, uh, yeah. You have the donkey wheel, the donkey wheel, and the smoke monster. You know, like the, there's a lot of these points where 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 things collide, and and those are maybe some of the some of the most. Uh, <laughs> Some of the most uh, mishandled mysteries, I would say. Yeah. Um, they do. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I was just gonna yeah. say they do point out. Um, let's see. Series of discoveries uh, was suggest the place was occupied by a corporate think tank slash military contractor. Yeah. Which, uh, as we can uh, uh, guess, turned out to be Dharma. Definitely uh, seems like Dharma. They talk about vast underground complexes yeah. for cutting-edge experiments. I, I thought it was interesting that they went from this idea of a corporate think tank to uh, to to uh, the DeGroots, you know, sort of being the foundation of Hanzo. It's sort of instead of it being this like corporate or military interest, like I mean, obviously Hanzo backs everything so that's the corporate side that's right. kind of backing things there is a corporate element but but it's but, also but it's but you have these this, this like hippie yeah. uh group that is starting this whole concept so i thought that's kind of interesting little take yeah too 
more of a like utopian uh idealist let's save the world uh yeah attitude rather than what they're implying here which is more like um like secret military experience yeah. and and just weapons or something you yeah. know which i think that you know that the other side of that is um is uh Whitmore. yes that's true that's true yeah 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 he's got he's definitely got that element as well and yeah that's so yeah 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 so they they did sort of have that idea of the 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 sort of evil corporate you know mm-hmm. uh entity that's you know that wants to take the island and do something bad with it but they of course Widmore. i mean <laughs> you know well Widmore connects with the others so <laughs> of course there's a problem of course it is <laughs> And he sent around, I don't know, and he sent around people to kill those Shaded Six, or maybe he didn't, I don't know. He just, he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Listen, Jacob told him to be a good guy, and he was like, okay, fine, I'll be a good guy. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll be a good guy now. <laughs> Why you not? Didn't, you didn't tell me what to be before. <laughs> it's true. So it's I just, true. I was bad, but now you want to be good? Fine. He didn't think I have to. Yeah, and so, and they also say um, complexes, uh, the underground complexes that we'll discover and ultimately inhabit, which is yes. true. Yep. Um, and also reveal the source of the mysterious French transmission from the pilot. And that also happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, not that it's, I mean, well, the place where the be- it's being transmitted, at least, was connected to that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um... So, so I thought I thought it was interesting that they're kind of pre-predicting season two already. Yeah, you know, uh, in you know before the pilots even aired. So the the next big thing here is they said the beauty of this long and storied past is that 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 is that one thing has nothing to do with the other. There is no quote <laughs> ultimate mystery which requires solving. Well, I wish you guys would have told us that in the beginning. <laughs> Man, I mean, hours and days and years of our lives down mm-hmm. the drain of just trying to solve this ultimate mystery. Like, perchance, the question mark in the middle of the Blast Door map. Indeed. Being an, a, an ultimate mystery. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they talk about Alias and the Rambaldi mythology and... Uh, but you know they, they they say they didn't really want to do that yet they kind of did it anyway. But with, even more so. Even more so. But yet they didn't actually. There still was no ultimate mystery that required solving. You know there was. Yeah. And mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it, it it didn't require solving because there was no no real answer that uh, yeah. gets you anything tangible. Yeah. I mean, I think it sort of compares to Alias in that uh, a lot of the characters uh, didn't really care about the mystery, mm-hmm. um, and some of them did. Uh, in contrast to Alias, uh, the characters who did care about the mystery on Lost seemed to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oops. And so that kind of put a, a, I don't know, a, a damper on the whole, like, solving mystery thing. I think they sort of... They, the ultimate mystery was what's the island like, w- you know, yeah. where, where 
from where do all these strange things emanate originally, you know? And they gave a sort of quote-unquote answer for that, you know? But I think I think that was just for the audience. I mean, I don't think it really was a function of the show that anyone was like, we got to figure out the answer to this mm-hmm. mystery, you know? That never became a thing. Um I think it's interesting that they that they mention Alias. I don't know if uh, those of you out there listening to Lost Out and have seen Alias. I uh, would recommend that you watch it. Uh, it's a pretty good show. I would say Alias is much more of a procedural show than Lost. Um, For sure, yeah. Which is funny that they <laughs> they talk about we're not going to be like Alias with this mythology stuff when they yeah when they were just literally. Mm-hmm even way more in that direction than Alias was. And I do think the Rambaldi thing on Alias, you know, if, if you're looking for the ultimate, you know, reveal on that, it's it's as disappointing as Lost is. Mm-hmm. I have to warn you, a, in good conscience. But I still think the show's worth watching. I still think mm. it's uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, you, and there's a you, lot of... You do get... You, at least the Rambaldi stuff does come to a tangible conclusion. That's that true. That actually has, impl- you know implications for the characters yes um i will give it that but yeah besides that yeah you're right yeah yeah Uh, but uh uh i remember uh damon lindelof saying that uh the the network was not happy with the the rambaldi uh stuff on alias they thought that are you saying they weren't happy with the rambaldifications Indeed. <laughs> I want to do a, a, an alias podcast just so I can use that word all the time. Rambolifications. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. And so, like, because J.J. Uh, Abrams, of course, was uh, involved with Alias, I think actually he was more involved with Alias than he was with Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he actually spent time, like, running that show. Um uh and writing more episodes and stuff like that um but uh uh since he was coming on for this new show i think that was uh the main reason the network was worried that it was going to go down that same road um but what david lindelof said was that uh you know he knew the network uh you know didn't want this and and uh you know and jj knew it too but he said that when they talked about the show uh, you know, privately, I mean, the first thing JJ said was, like, there has to be mysteries. The island has to be really weird. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, that's really not what the network wanted. <laughs> so, I, from the beginning, apparently, like, it was the plan that the uh, that it would be like that. But um, they, they definitely didn't want to... They didn't want to sell that part. Because they knew the network didn't want to hear about it. Um, I... Yeah, I, I I think I I think uh, uh, it's it's really a it's really a point in time here. This this whole Avius reference. I think if they had done the show uh, a few years later, uh, it, it wouldn't have been necessary to say that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. So the next part here uh, talks about the monster. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, they talk about real-world explanations for the seemingly bizarre. Um, so yeah, so the, the question here is, what about that quote-unquote monster? 
how the hell do you sustain that over a hundred episodes? <laughs> cut, cut to the, <laughs> cut to the DVD set. <laughs> cut to the what? Cut to the, cut to the box set. Cut to, cut to the last episode. I don't know. Like it's, it goes on a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my point. It's like. There's like an hour left in the series before the monster thing is resolved. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the answer the answer is okay, wait, what do they actually say? <laughs> well, they talk about the monster might have man made origins, uh, you know, and, and, and presumably scientific uh, explanations. Um uh, but one of the things that was interesting is they 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 suggest you know to the executives here that the monster could be a, an elaborate security system designed to protect yet undiscovered facilities. So you know so not only is that sort of true, but that's uh, you know obviously postulated in the show itself. Yes. By a particular French woman who we all <laughs> know and love. Um, yes. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting that they were like, yeah, our first idea for this thing is it's, it's a security system. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think that, I think that that was definitely a true answer, or at least they seriously considered making that a true answer at some point. Um, and it was going to be a Dharma thing, and that's how we can understand the fences and the Cerberus fence and so on. Like, maybe it got out of control. Mm -hmm. But that was originally, you know, what it was supposed to be. And that totally makes sense with, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens early on. Um, and there, there was supposed to be a Russo-Dharma connection, too, as they kind of implied earlier. Um, Can I interrupt real quick and say, you know, I was just thinking about Smokey, you know, God. And I just thought, you know, it might have been interesting if, if they, if they would have left... You know, Smokey is a security... Because obviously it's like, yeah, we're going to have our first idea of what Smokey is, but then, you know, they're going to have to develop it further than that, new revelations. So we think it's yeah. a security system. It appears to be a security system. It is to a small degree. But then there's something more than that. So the more than that is it's related, it's tied to Man in Black. So yeah. I was just it just hit me that they could have kept Man in Black in the cabin and had, you know, had the ash around the cabin and mm -hmm. had him physically unable, you know, in, in human sort of form, humanish form, you know, unable to leave the cabin. Mm -hmm. But Smokey is the version of him that can actually leave. Mm -hmm. And then it's not until he does the loophole to get inside Locke's body where he actually can be in human form and then actually leave the island too. Mm -hmm. So it would been interesting if they tried to just have, you know, have Smokey be a different a different version, uh, you know, you know, kind of like the idea of it's his, 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 his pet or something, but, but yeah. that he can actually control and see through Smokey. So when Smokey is analyzing somebody, that's actually man in black analyzing them from, from Jacob's right. cabin or something. Yes. And I was yes. just like, ah, oh, they could have maybe tried to work with that, but. Oh, I totally agree. I feel like that is almost true. Like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just that it's not, you know, it's not. I mean, I mean, I, I, people had that theory, or at least there were theories that were very close to that. Uh, some of those people were me, and <laughs> I'm familiar with you. <laughs> and, very much. And yeah, like even really late in the game, I was really trying to 
come up, and other people were doing this too. It's not all me, but like for me, I was. People were me. And uh, yes, (laughs) some of those people were you. Um, Yeah, like trying to come up with a way, especially I think before season six, like before it became clear that because they burned a cabin, like they were never going to talk about it again. Mm. Um, uh, I was really trying to come up with a way where like. Uh, you know, to to make sense of the, the the circle, the ash, and the cabin, who was in there, and what they were doing, and how that fit with the the smoke monster, and like that is really close to the the idea that that I had, you know, and I feel like it it makes sense with a lot of what we saw, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think I think there's also a confusing bait and switch between Jacob and the Man in Black, which yeah. is why it's Jacob's cabin. Even though it's fucking creepy and it's more like the man in black's in there all the time. You know, we never, we literally never see Jacob in there. Even though it's Jacob's cabin. Jacob's cabin, yeah. <laughs> Jacob's like, I was never there. Yeah, exactly. What cabin? There's a cabin? Yeah. <laughs> I could have been living in a cabin this whole time. <laughs> I know, wow. <laughs> that sounds better than this statue. It doesn't even have a roof anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I wish they had done that, but that's, you know, I mean, one of my, one of my greatest regrets, if you, if you put aside the others, and of course the others fit into this in a way, because of course you have Ben leading Locke to the cabin for mm-hmm. inexplicable reasons. Um, uh, I, I think, I think I, I really do wish they had, I wish they had made the, the smoke monster story make sense that just that would have been nice yeah for plot to make sense yeah that'd be great <laughs> i just i would have loved that um yeah so i think what they say here is kind of true that they i mean that that was the way they kept it going i mean they just didn't show him all the time mm-hmm. you know he would only come you know after after season one he would only come like once maybe twice a season and uh, and what they say here is uh, the group. Okay, what they say here is the group. As the series progresses, the group begins to figure out the rules of the monster, locations, and times of day that are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's not really true, as they yeah, say. Yeah, and I and I think that would have been cool. And I think you know the audience kind of feels that that might happen on the show when you're going through it like oh maybe you can figure out what to do you know especially when Locke kind of encounters it and it it behaves Mm -hmm. a little differently and but yeah yeah, they never quite get to this point of the rule and 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 that might be due just to the fact that it becomes not a security system that's based on rules right but a a a, a, an entity that that, completely independent yeah exactly consciousness yeah he could just do whatever he wants, basically, like within the bounds of the rules, but not these rules. <laughs> it's other rules. So many rules on this show. See, I, but I think already you can see here the 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 sort of kernel of this idea of rules governing the monster. Mm-hmm. You know that they did continue with. It's just that it didn't take the form they described well, he, here. He changed the rules. <laughs> he changed the rules exactly. <laughs> That'd be great for Ben to say, Ben's like, he changed the rules. <laughs> not, no, not Whitmore, the smoke monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
And I think another thing about this that stuck out to me is that uh, the characters never really figure out any of these rules. I mean, I guess there's like one or two characters that know about the Ash and one or two characters that know about the Sonic Fence. But uh, beyond that, I don't think they ever really <laughs> they ever really learn very much about these rules it's really just the audience and i i think that's the thing they said at a certain point in the show like damon said and i think this must be uh the product of uh, a meeting of the writers behind the scenes every time we see the monster we're going to learn something new about it you know mm -hmm. and i feel like that's kind of like what they're describing here where you sort of figure out you know step by step stuff about it you know i think i think each one of those reveals ended up being very confused and problematic but like they did at least <laughs> have that idea there of you know oh ben can control the smoke monster that's a that's what we learn you know like well okay <laughs> or this <laughs> Not is how really. you, this is how you call it you know yes exactly this, this is how it gets summoned yeah not really not really but but you quote unquote learn that you know mm -hmm. uh you learn that it can scan people and memories and stuff you learn that the fence stops it and you learn you know i mean th those kinds of things happen but you learn it's responsible for the infection and russo's team and stuff like that you know like you learn things but yeah, there's a lanis morissette song called you learn and now it's <laughs> in my head because you keep saying you learn you learn <laughs> you learn <laughs> I just, I, I, because they're, they're describing here the characters learning things, and I feel like they, it's really more the audience where that applies. Because the characters like they, don't care at a certain point. They just don't. They just don't. It's like, as long as the smoke monster's not, like, in my face trying to kill me, I'm not going to try to investigate, like, mm -hmm. how it goes or why it works. Like, that's not my problem. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about that at all. So, do you have anything else on this page here? Uh, no. No, I think, no, I think that's it. So, there's a couple more pages about, you know, the, the you know, the sets and the guest stars and stuff. Uh, I don't really have any specific things to bring up until we get to the characters section. So, if you have anything okay. else, we can, we can talk about that or we can just skip to the characters part. Um, no, I have, sorry guys, I got plenty of things to say. Or do I? We'll find out. I have some things <laughs> to say. Okay. Um, so the next question is, uh, what about the other crash survivors? Are they just hanging around all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they say, uh, of the 47 survivors referenced in the pilot, we only meet 14. The other 33, well, we'll certainly begin to wonder who they are and what they're up to after a while. And that's why they're all disappearing. <laughs> because we wonder what's up with them, they're disappearing. Are you? Are, were you ready for that? Because I wasn't. Yeah. Don't you remember season one when everyone started disappearing who wasn't the 14 main people? Yeah. So, and then they say, it's our intent that by the third episode, fourth at the latest, uh -huh. the unspeaking masses will officially vanish under extremely mysterious circumstances. Of course, the sudden and unexpected reduction of their numbers puts even more strain on those left behind. 
not to mention an ongoing fear that they may be next. Of course, any of these 33 could turn up later in the series with partial recollections of where they've been, but that's another story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I find this extremely interesting for various reasons. Um, first, I think it, it sort of uh, uh, pre... Uh, it's sort of a, uh, an early kernel of the, the kidnappings that happen. Um, the, yes. you know, when the others take the, the children and, and Cindy, I think is the spokesperson for what they're talking about here. Um, but you also had Claire being taken and coming back. You had Michael being taken and coming back with Par Walt, obviously. And, and they all had this, you know, some, some of these partial recollection, uh, thing going on. Um, but they, but they did not, uh, all disappear. It didn't quite go that far. Yeah. That would have been uh, much more extreme, I think. Um, uh, but they, but they, they sort of kept this idea. But I think another thing that I think is is interesting about this is I, I feel also here the the kernel of Nikki and Paolo, like like the idea of at a certain point, you know, and they said this, you're gonna wonder like what are these other people doing yeah like, who are they like like are they just sitting there the whole time like that's you know and that is that is a natural question that they're already considering <laughs> you know the pilot is the only episode yeah and they're worrying about that you know and so i see i see the kernel of that 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 you know sort of being born here because that's a different way of addressing what they're saying instead of having everyone disappear they take some characters from us, you know, quote unquote, from the from the red shirts, and they give them a story, and they sort of, by showing their story, imply uh, something about what the other character, how the other characters uh, were viewing, uh, you know, the main plot that we're only seeing from the point of view of the main characters of the show. Yeah. Um, another thing uh, is that I I really think it was a turning point in the show. Uh, when they do kind of what they're describing here, not a disappearance, but, you know, at the beginning of season five, when they basically kill off all the red shirts um, mm -hmm. in the, the other's attack when they're, when they're timed, when they get the arrows in the chest. Um, Flaming arrows, please. Including famously uh, Froger, because he can't get fire. Um, and Here's I, I think... fire for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing I, worse would have been Donald Trump somehow showing up on the island <laughs> and going, you're fired. And, fired. That, and then he gets the flaming arrow. <laughs> oh, my God. They wanted oh to God, make I that wish. happen, and they couldn't figure out how to write that. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> oh boy, yeah, exactly. What was I hired? And now I'm dead. <laughs> No, but I, I do think that, for me, uh, it was, like, psychologically, even though, like, the main characters are always a focus, and those are the people I really cared about, of course. I mean, that's how TV works, right? You don't care about the characters that they don't put any attention to. But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. Humans are but, just weird that way, yeah. But I think at the same time, I mean, once they killed off the red shirts, uh... I think the show changed. Like, uh, it, 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 it had a different scale and sort of sense of focus. I think, 
I think because there was this group, it felt sort of grander, I guess, what was going on, because it felt like what was at stake was not just their lives, but this whole group. And so I, I feel like, you know, because that, you know, them getting rescued and the idea of, you know, saving the group from these the, the others and other, you know, various threats and stuff like that, I feel like that gave it a, a kind of scope that once they killed them off, it, it, it scaled down a lot and it became very personal um, in terms of the main characters. And I think, I think the tone of the show sort of changed with that. And, and I sort of missed that, that more epic quality that the show had in the, in the early days when, when it felt like more was at stake from what they were doing, even though, of course, saving the world is supposed to be at stake at the end. But, you know, putting that aside, um, uh, I, I do think that, uh, I do think that it, it, it added something to the show that the red shirts were there for so long, yeah. even though they didn't really do anything. <laughs> I think it makes sense for them to be written off the show at the end and when it really should get more personal, you know, it's the, the heroes and the villains really coming to a head, you know, and that's what happens in any, any, any story really is, you know, at the, and the, at the end of the story, the protagonist has to fight the battle themselves and, you know, they're, they're sidekick characters and the, the mentor characters and these sort of other supporting characters don't usually go into that part of the battle, you know. So it kind of makes sense that they, they whittled the characters down at the end when things were kind of coming to a head and uh, versus doing it at the beginning, which might have been interesting to see. Uh, but, but yeah, having – having it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, I totally agree with what you said. You know, having the other red shirts really filled out the show and made it – and gave it some more atmosphere, but it would have been interesting to see uh, the bulk of them ha having disappeared very early on, and, yeah. and really just having our main fourteen or whatever people to deal with, and and that that way every single one of these people can really be plugged into what's going on, uh, yeah. and you have all of them doing something. So Claire just can't really sit around and take care of Aaron because you know we need someone to help build something now. Right, because we don't have these red shirts to just build everything and do everything, you know. So it, it would have been interesting to see um, what that would have looked like, and and then we would have had a lot more potentially a lot more crash survivors becoming others, and yeah. uh, presumably the others being the ones who took them. That and, would be the obvious. Answer and and then having having instead of having just Cindy be kind of the the quintessential losty who became another, we would have had. A whole group of them who were survivors who got who got uh, taken to the other's team. So, right. it would have been interesting. But yeah, I think I think they. My assumption is this whole idea of them disappearing. They realized, you know, logistically it makes sense to have red shirts. Like I said, you know, it fills out the atmosphere and it gives, you know, who's gathering food, who's gathering water, right. who's making the shelters. Like, okay, well, it can't be yeah. Jack and Kate and Sawyer because they're off on a real mission. You know. Right. Um, so it, uh, logistically, it makes sense, and I think also they realized it probably would have been hard, and it would have been a too overwhelming potentially to have this huge mystery hanging over the show if if 33 right. people go missing very early on. That's the main thing you're focused on more than if you're going to get rescued. You know. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be huge. I mean, that's like the majority of their group uh, at that point, and even if it's none of the series regulars. It's still, you know, something you you have to spend time on. Like you can't, they can't just move on with their lives after, you know, 
uh, three-fourths of the group disappears. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no, I like that idea as a mystery. And the idea of them joining the others, like, that totally works for me. I, I think I might have preferred something like that to the Flaming Arrow deaths. And also, I think... Um, uh, the 316 survivors get the same kind of treatment, mm-hmm. um, where they're just, they, you know, once their once their purpose has been served in the eye of the writers, they're just killed off kind of unceremoniously, and no one speaks of them again, you know. Uh, and I just, I to me that was kind of unfortunate. I, I sort of, you know, not that I cared about them personally, but I, I kind of wish the show took them a little more seriously. Well, and it was, it, it was a bit disappointing for all those people to just be collateral damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like none of the main characters really commented on it, and it just sort of bothered me. It just felt. It just felt very uh, functional, you know, like, it serves a purpose, and you see why they're doing it, but um, they didn't take that seriously, the consequences of it. They didn't make it matter very much, and it just, because it did matter to me earlier in the series, it sort of bothered me, the casual, and I even got invested in the 316, uh, you know, plight. You know, I thought that was fairly interesting, you know, so I thought it was kind of, it was kind of unfortunate that they just were like, no, having another group on Hydra Island while all this other shit's while we're trying to end the show is just too much. Like, kill those people now. Mm-hmm. You know, let them all be dead so that we can just focus on the things that we care about. You know? Whereas I, I, I sort of like the idea of them being dropped into this crazy drama. You know? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And we got a little of it in season five, you know, with them like exploring the the Hydra station, uh, and you know, meeting some of our characters, getting involved in some of their, you know, but of course that's how they end up dead. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just how it goes. Um, Okay, so that's that's the end of what I have to say about the red shirts. Um, So now uh, the sets. What did I want to say about the sets? Um, I don't have a lot to say about the sets. Uh, the thing about this, they talk about, um, I guess, TV shows in general have a have a home set, like a, a, a main place where you see pretty much every week and where all the characters will be a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they say in here is um, they have to relocate. Like, they realize that... Uh, they can't stay on the beach and for the reasons that they literally say in the show um and that place was the cave uh that's that's sort of what they describe here they also describe them relocating to this underground complex which is the the hatch Mm -hmm. um but really the the cave thing didn't work because they just didn't like how it looked uh, and so they just decided to gradually not show it anymore. And I'm really glad they didn't really have this home set, and besides the beach, you know, they didn't the really have this sort closest. of set that they created. Because that would have been, I mean, obviously the cave was like that. I mean, it was very stilted. Yeah. It felt very unnatural, and, and, and uh, you know, we don't, it, it didn't, I'm glad. That's one of the smart changes they made, you know, is, is, to, is getting away from that. Yeah. You know, and then and then having you know the Swan Station be sort of a homestead for season two, and, and kind of having little things like that, but not not some one main place, 
um, that's that's a big set. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think the Swan Station set looks good. You know, yeah, which yeah, that works. Uh, you know, it's large. It has various parts, and, and there's a gonna, lot of yeah. But they they they're not going to be there for six seasons. You know, that's the other thing. If they were there for six seasons, it would get old. Yeah. But for one season, it totally. Because then you got you're gonna have somebody go. You know, Kate and and and, and Claire are like we should redecorate the swan. <laughs> you know, we should paint. <laughs> I don't want to see that episode. You don't? No. No, please, please, please. It'll be just like an episode of Alias, you sure? <laughs> I don't remember the episode of Alias where they redecorated the SD6 office. <laughs> missed that one. You missed that I one. guess I skipped it. Oh, well. It didn't sound like I missed much. Yeah. So I just, I just thought this was interesting because it's another thing that they're sort of pre-planning uh, for that they, they really did do in a way. Um it just it didn't quite work out the way they're envisioning here, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but I think I think they are, you know, uh, uh, more or less honest here in yeah. this thing about the set. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, ah, the they talk about they talk about the series regulars and they talk about how, how they're going to deal with having so many main characters. Yeah. Um, it's all about balance. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and what they say is is literally what they do, which is the stories will feature uh, a smaller number of the characters. Um, what they what they don't quite say here is the the centric thing um, that it'll be one character getting a flashback and then two or three others that are involved in the main story. The main island. But yeah. But I think um, I think what they say here uh, is fairly accurate. Like that's that's how they do it, and that's how one does it on a show with a large <laughs> cast. That is how it is done. You don't have you don't have fourteen characters having significant plot points in in one episode. Yeah, like that just doesn't happen. I I do think they. They, they splintered off uh, a bit more than I wanted sometimes later on in the show but uh, but I but I think this is this is just uh, this is just necessary I thought it was interesting that they they actually calculated there's 78 different combinations of scenes between two people yeah I, it was interesting that they, <laughs> they did that calculation yeah <laughs> I was amused by that because uh, yeah, that's that. It wasn't necessary for them to uh, actually uh, figure that out, but it's true. And they probably did all seventy-eight at some point in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's sort of selling the thing. So that's yeah, I think that's all I have to say. About I that. would like to know actually. We should we should do that. I I want to actually go make the 78 combinations and and see if they missed any. Write them down and check them off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We could do that. Oh, of course we have to allow for the fact that uh, some of the characters die and so, you know, we we have to decide which characters uh, we're going to include, I guess. But uh, cuz the ones they're talking about here, they didn't all make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, they, uh you know, it's fine if they didn't get a combo because somebody died but I'm curious yeah. to see uh, you know it's like 
did Jack never talk to Saeed and we just never <laughs> realized it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene together, just we never really, you know. I wonder, I wonder if there's some weird thing like that where some character never actually talked to this other character. Yes. No, I know Lostpedia has some trivia like that. I know I've seen episode pages where they say, like, this is the first scene between uh, Ben and Desmond or something like that, you know? Yeah. So so I think there's definitely um, uh, cases where it didn't happen for a fairly long time. But I would guess that by the end of the series, more or less all the combinations should have happened. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was cool. Okay, so then they talk about they talk about guest stars. Okay, yeah, I don't particularly have anything to say about that. They of course have guest stars. Um, that's not a surprise. Um, then finally they say the final question is seriously though, what's up with that polar bear? <laughs> mm-hmm. And the response is we're not telling. Sorry. Uh, I thought that was funny because. Uh, it's they they talk about the polar bear like multiple times in this thing, and I know that uh, you know that was a big question after the pilot, uh, and also like a question that continued to be thrown at David and Carlton even after they <laughs> answered it. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because it doesn't really have a spectacular answer. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, well, what can it be? Someone brought them there. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> uh, it's not crazy, but they sell it here like it's the most interesting mystery <laughs> on the show. Yeah, like we'll, we'll speculate on the the smoke monster, the monster yeah. jungle, but we're not going to even speculate on uh, on the on the polar bear. Like you just don't get it. Exactly. Whereas the smoke monster is the ultimate thing on the show like he's revealed to be sort of the main antagonist of the entire series and his death is essentially the end of the on island story you know the polar bear thing is resolved by like season three they're not (laughs) it's like it just seems so off balance there anyway i was just amused by that yeah okay i think i'm ready for the characters now all right, characters. So the first thing on this page is the first words etched on the blank whiteboard in the writer's room were these: "Character first. Wow. Wow, indeed. Well, uh, again, I wish you guys would have told us that. Uh, <laughs> that that would have saved us some time and speculating about big mysteries. We could have just been like, "Well, hey, character first. May 2004, guys. Yeah, character first. If you... Yeah, so for anyone who was saying that... When they were saying in Season 6 that it was about the characters... Uh, that they that, that was something they came up with later. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they had that idea from the beginning. That was literally their first idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they say. And so, uh, you know, I, I think... But, I, but honestly, I think that any show that's going to sustain itself over, uh, you know, two, three, four seasons or more. Uh, the characters really do have to be a central focus. I mean, I think if you don't care about the characters, mm-hmm. then the show is going to fail. 
yeah. pretty much guaranteed if it lasts that long. A miniseries, maybe one season, you can kind of squeak by with an interesting plot and interesting stories and flat characters. But I think for years and years and years, you know, <laughs> if you don't care, it, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, for sure. So, so I think that's a, a very practical thing to focus on for making a show sort of sustainable in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, Lost will sink or swim purely on the merit of its characters. Um, yeah, so they were really big on characters here. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so let's go. So they have these little bios for each of the main characters, which, which are very, they're pretty much all spot on. Uh, they really had these people fleshed out already, which is pretty interesting to see. Yes. Um. Uh, specifically with Jack, they, they talk about his tattoos right off the beginning, um, mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy to me that they're even considering that, that, that being a part of his character. Um, you know, the fact that the actor they cast has tattoos became part of the character's mm -hmm. backstory, you know, uh, and not just like, oh, well, we might use that or not use that. It's kind of like, no, they're, they, it's part of his story now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May 2004, they're talking about what's the explanation for the tattoo. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is kind of amazing. I agree. I, I, yeah. If, <laughs> if they only knew how bad the episode is going to be where they explain that. Oh. They have no idea what, 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 uh, what horrible, horrible uh, door they're opening there. But uh, it's interesting. They say Jack's past, much of Jack's past is shrouded in mystery. I feel like that's a little bit of a strange way to put it. But, uh, but they, definitely the way they describe his character traits is very accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't decided why he went to Australia, seemingly. Which is interesting. Wait, why do you say that? Because they say Jack's reason for being Australia uh, uh, was he was oh you're right no sorry they do say that <laughs> yeah I mean they don't they don't say that they don't have an answer they just say he doesn't like to talk about it right sorry sorry I misread it they don't say it's his dad but that's the only thing that they yeah that they haven't defined here um, but yeah it's someone who has long defined his path well of course yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. 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 So this is. I mean, it, it's good. I mean, you can see it in the pilot. They. They definitely know. Uh, who the character is. Mm -hmm. Uh. It's also true, for Kate. Uh, Kate uh, is a runner who has nowhere to run. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't have put that better myself. Never were truer sentence spoken. Really? I mean, it's yeah. It's like. Kate's a woman, check. And she's a runner yes. with nowhere to run. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they talk about... Uh, they talk about her commitment issues, her being a fugitive, and how that, yeah, uh, formed who she is, and the fact that now that she's uh, stuck on the island and sort of unable to run, the way that creates a, a conflict for her. So and, uh, it's pretty interesting to me because I some of this crystallized a lot of things uh, for Kate to me that I hadn't really um, put together before. So this whole, I mean, this ties in her, you know, I know she was born to run. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's an episode about it, and um, <laughs> or three or four, and, <laughs> uh, and I knew yeah. she, you know, she's a she's the daughter of a military guy. She moves around a lot, and I knew mm-hmm. she didn't want to commit to the to the guy that she was going to marry and all this. Stuff. But I didn't realize these were all related to a central issue and how one, you know, her her growing up and never putting down roots. And, and I guess you would say her relationship with her father, and then later her stepfather, uh, yeah. they put her in the situation with in terms of her relationship with men, and then you know, and then that that calls into question you know her relationship with Jack and Sawyer, and why you know she kind of acts the way she does with those two guys, and it's like you know I never really thought Kate is someone who has commitment issues as a as just a clear cut thing, and it's like yeah. now I see it written, it's like oh okay now I understand that yeah it's definitely true. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And there's several uh, beats in her story that illustrate that. Yeah. Um, and some of that is, you know, people found frustrating, I think. That's one of the things people found frustrating about the character, the way she would sort of waffle from one thing to another. Um, yeah, and who knew that was that was on purpose? Like, they're, show, they're showing... Uh, her character traits. It just so happens they're uninteresting character right. traits. That's true. That's true. It doesn't. It doesn't really make for a compelling character, but it's definitely clearly realized. Yeah. Um, and they they did enact this plan that they have for her here. Mm-hmm. Um, in a pretty, in a pretty thorough way. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's just it's just these little blurbs are well uh, well written too. Her crime itself remains a mystery, a fact made even more intriguing by her refusal to apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Love that, and uh, she's a free spirit who has who has problems with authority. Now finds herself free for the first time in years. Dot dot dot, but only as free as the island's coastline. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, cool, good stuff. So we go to Charlie, um, who, yeah, they really, they really nail him. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting that I'd never really put together before, uh, was his, was his need for family. Yeah. Which really ties into why he's interested in Claire and Charlie, and kind of making that whole thing work. Uh, did I say Charlie? I meant Aaron. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. the baby. And, I knew who you meant, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and this idea, let's see, it says, um, trapped on the island, Charlie faces not only the specter of violence, the specter, wow, of violent drug withdrawal. Yeah. Um, that's a specter. And, a specter. But also the possibility of resuming his role as the consummate sideman. Maybe someday becoming a trusted aide to Jack and finding in the castaways the family he once thought he had found in his band. So I thought that was pretty interesting, this idea that Charlie's kind of searching for family. Uh, I never really put that together. Uh, I mean, they make it, it, you know, this isn't clear in the blur, but, you know, obviously Liam is his brother. And he's the guy who causes him the most grief in the band. Um, So literally, they, they made the band his family. Like, it wasn't just a metaphor. Um, yes, it literally made that his family. Uh, so uh, that was pretty interesting to see. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, also this idea of him being a side person, a side man, they say, uh, because he was that in the band too. Like he was the yeah. bass player. Yeah. 
and, and they sort of yeah. made a point of that. Yeah, and you look at him him helping Echo build the thing. Mm-hmm. You look at him and Locke, and he, he does try to, to buddy up to people and kind of be the, the, the sidekick. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, no, I never really made – I mean, they definitely talked about his family a lot, but I, I never really made the connection of that was part of the attraction of mm-hmm. uh, Claire and Aaron. And and more generally, just being in the group. Um, yeah, and specifically the fact that Liam left the band because to be with his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie left without having a family, and now Charlie has the opportunity to to have this family here. And it's like, wow, that's that's nice writing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird how I in in, in that case, and and also to a certain extent with Kate, I, I, I that. I, I I kind of got that idea, uh, but I never uh, thought of it as a central thing about his character. Yeah, exactly. The, his his main kind of want want and need as a character, like what what is that? You know, I, I never really yeah. I never really figured what that was for all of these people. Like, what's their ultimate sort of goal? Besides, you know, they're besides getting off the island, right? But that's exactly that's not really what their goal is. That's what their right their want is or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in life. Not in life. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, for now, cause they're yeah, they're trapped there. Uh, so we get the explanation or the description of Sawyer, which is again spot on. He's the perfect anti-hero. Um, they talk about uh him forming a one-man black market with the stash. Yeah, the stash. Oh my god. Um. um they do mention that the the note the note was a suicide note. Yep. Which uh, was not what they ended up making it. I think what they did was a lot better, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But since suicide note, I was thinking they were kind of right because it was it was a murder note. <laughs> but it was not someone sure. else's murder, not his own. <laughs> right. So, you know, they were close, but it yeah, but not not suicide. But it was about a death. True, 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 true. No, 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 the spirit is correct. It's just interesting that it, they, they changed their minds slightly on that. Yeah. Uh, what what the story would actually be. Um, but yeah, you can you can totally see this 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 idea. Um, uh, uh, him going under the, the assumed names. Uh, him being, uh, what do they say here? Uh, uh, he's a he's an anti-social animal forced to be social, a combination that is dangerous to be in as it is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They're right, which is definitely true. <laughs> definitely true. I completely agree. Um, they do talk about the black market. That that does happen. You're right. Like you said, the stash. At a certain point, they drop it. Luckily, but yeah. um, they they definitely they're definitely calling calling that. And part they're of just, I was gonna say part of the stash in this whole black market thing is a result of him trying to resist being social and resist forming connections and attachments to these people. He wants, you know, he mm-hmm. wants a transactional connection. Like he doesn't want, right. he doesn't want to do any favors. He'll trade you something. He doesn't do you any favors because then you're friends. Right. Friends do, for, right. you know, favors are for friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But nonetheless, he gets pulled in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's those scenes where he just is helpful and it, over time he starts to care and 
it does annoy him. They also talk about him finding the right woman to reveal his softer side, which also kind of happens. So, yeah, I, I highlighted that because I'm like, this is, that's season five. I mean, yeah. that this is, he finds Juliet and he becomes a completely different person. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting um, that they, yeah. they did kind of get there. Yeah, exactly. It took a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. And and he had already showed some of his softer side before that, but it was definitely a much more dramatic change yep. that happened with Juliet and Dharma and him being Lafleur and all that. Like that was that was a huge uh, a huge shift. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to Boone, which is again another spot on analysis here. Um, so one of the things that they mentioned that I don't think was pointed out in the show is uh, his dark secret. Well, I mm-hmm. guess I guess, I guess we know his dark secret was his attraction to Shannon, but yeah. um, this next part where it talks about being diagnosed with schizophrenia and managing his illness with therapy and antipsychotic medications and medications he stopped taking roughly a month before the crash. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cool to see if Boone was going crazy on the island, basically. Yeah. That would have been interesting, especially with his uh, his storyline with Locke. Uh, that yeah. would have been really interesting to see. And then Locke had been like, oh, Boone got hurt because he had a schizophrenic outbreak. And <laughs> fell, you know, he fell off the, mount, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the cliff there. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and then it says, it says here... Uh, uh, he's going. His sanity's going to slip, leading to a breaking point that will put him at odds with the others and make him an outright danger. Yeah, you know, like that's. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I guess. I guess they decided not to go in that direction. I would say the closest they came to this idea of uh, him being crazy was the episode where Locke gives him the the paste or whatever and makes him have those hallucinations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where he he sees uh, the smoke monster and Shannon dying and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. I feel like that's I feel like that's nodding in the direction of what they're talking about here. Um, I thought well yeah I mean that's close but to me that's also about um, his dark secret right about his, yes. his his acknowledging his attraction to Shannon or whatever. Absolutely. But uh, uh yeah but the rest of the stuff is is pretty spot on. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I think because yeah, because he ends up dying in a way, in a way as a plot device. I think uh, they didn't get that much time to really explore his character that much, uh, and so they didn't really get to the point where they could really tell us all this stuff and have him, you know, go crazy and all that. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was really no no point when that could have happened a lot but I, I do feel like having him i mean be uh, a character like having these hallucinations i mean i think they didn't really do that very much you know uh with other characters so yeah. i do feel like there's there's something there's some little piece of what they're talking about here that kind of survived uh with that idea because most of the time people thought they were having uh hallucinations but they actually were just seeing stuff that was really there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, the stuff he saw was actually hallucinations. Yeah, it would be interesting to see him have a gradual breakdown over the course of the season and, and really be confused about what he's seeing, seeing and making up stuff and, and, yeah. and being more susceptible to, to Man in Black's influence, uh, you know, 
that would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked that. I would have liked that. I, I mean, what what they did definitely works, but it would have made Boone, per se, more interesting. Like, Boone's like, yeah, we found a hatch. And they'll be like, yeah, right, Boone. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, Go whatever. Take some meds, you crazy <laughs> mofo. <laughs> exactly. And then Shannon's like, I'll look after him. Mm-hmm. I gotta do all the work now. Come over here, Boone. Speaking of Shannon, um, yes. So you know, rich bitch. Uh, they 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 want to make her more complicated. I don't know if they succeeded. Uh, they, but you know, the, the description is pretty spot on. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that the 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 the, the line I, I highlighted here was. Um, Shannon will be a constant catalyst for conflict in our new surroundings until she begins to fall for the one man on the island even less inclined to play nice than she is, Sawyer. What? And as, and as we all know, Sawyer and Shannon hooked up. Oh, that's Shannon and Sawyer romance. That that's was unforgettable. Not, I mean, screw you, Ross and Rachel. It's all about <laughs> Shannon and Sawyer. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting because I'm like... That would have that would have been a really natural hookup there, and it didn't happen. Not at all. Sawyer was I, not I, interested. I don't think it even happened a little bit. I mean, well, they they had a scene together. I think I remember her what, going to him for something in his stash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that romance. <laughs> what do you need, you rich bitch? And I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I can see why they were thinking that was a good idea. Um, and I do know that actually it was Naveen Andrews who said that uh, Saeed and Shannon should have a romance. And uh, so that must have happened after this, um, that they decided to go that way. And once they did that, you know. Uh, and, you know, Sawyer ended up having a thing with Kate, which is another thing that they didn't talk about. Um, here. So I think all of those factors uh, sort of pulled Sawyer away from being uh, available. And of course, Shannon died. So <laughs> that was another. The, and the other thing I thought, which, which, which makes sense to how, the, how they depicted the characters early on in this doc, was, was the idea that, that she, went, she presumably went after Saeed versus Sawyer because Saeed made it clear what he could provide for her. Yeah. You know, Sawyer, oh, yeah. Sawyer would have been hard to manipulate uh, into that's doing true. doing anything in particular for her, and so I think that's that's what you kind of get out of this out of Shannon's description here is she's big on manipulating guys into getting what she wants and then right. doing stuff for her, and that's exactly kind of where it starts with with Saeed. That's true. That's so true. you know there was they were the wrong guy, but it's still from a character perspective they're still right about what you know why she went after uh, Saeed versus Sawyer. Yeah. All right, so then we go to Locke. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, they get everything right here. Um, the line I highlighted here is, um, he has found his purpose, and that's not all. The others don't know what it is yet, but Locke has a plan. Oh, my God. Yeah, he didn't have a plan. He really didn't have a plan. <laughs> He's His totally plan was to try to be leader for as long as possible. That's about as much as of a plan as he could have 
thought of at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like up until that line, it's like, it's like dead on. You know, I totally see it. I mean, I don't talk about his, uh, the wheelchair thing, but, um, uh, this, this whole once a faceless unhappy office worker, Locke's only solace came from amassing knowledge of survival techniques, playing board games and fighting payball battles, all traits which made him quirky in civilization, but now allow him to shine on the island. For the first time in his life, people look to him as a leader, and he likes it. The plane crash is the best thing that ever happened to Locke, and in many in many ways, he views it as a sign. You know, like, that's all totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea that he has a plan, I, I totally see that in the early stages of the show. It feels like he has a plan. It feels like uh, he's following some sort of path. And, uh, I mean, yeah. his plan is to follow the signs that yeah. he thinks means he's on a path. That's as much of a plan as he has. Exactly. Uh, it, I think it's really interesting that they didn't they didn't point out the fact that he's a, in a wheelchair. Uh, yeah. But I guess, wait, that's a reveal, right? Yeah, I think actually they hadn't You don't know that, that in the pilot. Yeah, I believe that. It was when they wrote Walkabout that they decided right. to include that. And so, yeah, I think at this point they hadn't decided that. But, it, but of course, the fact that he views, he views the plane crash uh, as the best thing that ever happened to him and as a sign, I think, like, if you're thinking along those lines, it's mm-hmm. totally natural to say that, you know, some miracle happened to him when the plane crash happened. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that would, you know... That, that would be a, a totally natural reason for viewing it that way, you know? For sure. All right, so, Saeed, um, pretty much spot on. Um, they, the thing they get a little wrong is uh, unable to stomach the moral ambiguity of his duties with the Republican Guard. Uh, Saeed deserted during the first Gulf War and defected to Australia. Oh, uh, yeah, that didn't quite. <laughs> yeah, not quite, not quite. That's interesting, well, though, but... Yeah. I mean, he, I... he was he was ready to defect, but that's only when Nadia came into the picture. Yeah. Um, and or she's he... called here Talia. Talia, yeah, pretty close, pretty close. Pretty close, pretty close. And, and, and they do talk about Talia relocating to L.A., which was true. Yes. Yes. Uh, but but they, the chronology's off. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he only found out she was there, like, later on. So, it, yeah, it's, it's a little bit off. But, like, morally, I think they definitely have the right ideas. So, let me get this, if I remember his backstory correct. They, they say here, you know, he was in L.A., he was, le- you know, he was in Australia because he lived there because he defected. But then he was going to mm-hmm. Australia to propose to Nadia slash Talia. Yeah. But really, he was in Australia because he was there to stop the bombing, right? He was undercover. Am I getting that yeah. right? Yeah. He was undercover with the whoever CIA or something. Yes. Uh, exactly. He was trying to get his uh, information from the terrorists. Yes. Exactly, and the CIA were the ones who told him where Nadia was. That was the, the the carrot they were dangling in front of him. Exactly, exactly, and he didn't know that and before, and so yeah, that's why he 
Yeah, so I guess, I mean, he was on the run, he was in with these people, and then the CIA approach him and say, you know, you you should go undercover with us because we know where Nadia is. And so that's, yeah, that's basically what happened. And it's like, it's sort of what they're saying here. It's just, uh, they filled in, they filled in more reasons for what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this whole thing about his, his technological skills combined with his desire to seek and present the truth will put him in an invaluable position. And I, that, that's pretty spot on, too. Like this, Absolutely. He is, he is a truth seeker. Yes. It's true. It's true. It's too bad that he kept saying we have to talk about this later. Because <laughs> they never get to talk about it. Exactly. And because, like, if they actually had the conversation, then, yeah, like, he will... You know, and that's why also, like, it's too bad that he spent season six being quote-unquote infected because I feel like that takes away some of that quality of, yeah. you know, wanting to know what's going on. And, you know, he ends up, like, not caring anymore, yeah. you know. And I think I think that, you know, it was unfortunate for, for the show and for the character that that happened because, uh, you know, it would have been nice if he could have asked a question or two. <laughs> <laughs> There was some weird shit going down that he should have wanted to know about. Um, the last line here, of all the castaways, his desire to get off the island is the strongest because it is driven by the noblest cause. Love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Little did I know, though, that it's going to be Shannon in the, the end. <laughs> the love of his life is already on the island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. They did keep that whole romantic idea with him, though. I mean, that was definitely a big part of his character. Yeah, if he had a free five minutes, he was hooking up with somebody, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's true. It's but it's true. But it's not that far. Yeah. Okay, so we go to Sun, who, uh, they say the daughter of a wealthy auto parts magnate. I don't think it was auto parts by the end of it. Yeah, they never said it was auto parts. Uh, that's, it's I'm not sure they ever really said. I feel like uh, Pike was kind of like Widmore. In that yeah, it was like general, general uh, corporate interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like maybe they did make auto parts, but that wasn't the only thing they did. Yeah. Um, so they talk about our exit strategy leaving to wanting to leave Jin, learning English. Nope. Uh, they say she was going to plan to stay with a cousin. Oh, yeah, I see that. And also her skills with Eastern medicine may just be her ticket to a new life. Yeah. yeah they kind of had that idea. So they definitely the use their skills on the sh- her <laughs> medicine skills on the island. Yeah, but they never made it, it in the plan. It wasn't back. like... She was going. She was going to get some job as an herbalist in L.A. or something yeah. like. Um, I, I did like this line about Sun's evolution as an independent woman has officially begun. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, that was that scene uh, when she takes off the towel or whatever, and she's in the bikini, and it was like, mm-hmm. "Yes, Sun is." You know, uh, I'm blasting. Yeah, I'm a woman. <laughs> Look at me. Hear me roar. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So like that, that that definitely was the arc she was on. This this was all like with with those details accepted. I mean, this is all very accurate. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
in terms of uh, what her arc was. They already have the secret of her learning English, uh, unlike the, you know, some of these others where they didn't quite have their big secret. Um, so that's uh, so. This is all just you know, they they know who the character is. Yeah. And uh, Jin, Jin's is pretty spot on too. I didn't really highlight anything here. Everything was pretty accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. The inability to conceive. It's interesting to me that they they have that here, mm -hmm. um, because uh, that doesn't become an issue um, until much later. I mean, it's it's season two before they talk about it, and. It's season three before it becomes really a thing, and yeah. it's season four before the baby's born. So, I mean, it's a that's a it's a long, it's a long term thing. But I guess it stuck out to me that they uh, they already had they already had that idea at this point. And I find what what I really find interesting is how Sun's inability to conceive is his issue to deal with. Whereas mm -hmm. in, in her description, that's not part of her issue. Right. You know, and I yeah. find that interesting that it's, you know, they, they specifically say Jin is preoccupied by what he considers a far greater portrayal, his his wife's inability to conceive. So it's interesting that that it's, you know, you know it's not his inability to, to con you know, to have a kid. It's not his problem. You know, his yeah. own uh, biological problem is, is not the issue here. It's her biological problem that's the issue for him. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting how they split up the uh, the kind of the underlying um, conflict here. Right. And of course, in the end, they made it his problem. And yeah, it became his problem. <laughs> so, which makes more sense. Uh, but of course, yeah, he didn't know that until he went to the island. So before that, he was upset about her problem. And you're right. Actually, that's a good point that I hadn't even thought about. Uh, there's not a word about that in Sun's description. Yeah, so. her her thing is about learning English as being her secret and, and trying to you know having her exit strategy, uh, but it, but she's not preoccupied with her inability to have a kid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and becoming independent. But yeah, like apparently that's not an issue for her at all. <laughs> mm. Which is yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, so then we go to Hurley. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, you know what I found interesting here in Jin's description? Um, th this, this last sentence really caught my eye. Uh, but when he realizes he must now rely on his wife, he must choose between attempting to regain her love or fall prey to the dangerous allure of the, of the island's dark influence. Yeah, what? <laughs> I thought that was a very strange sentence. I don't really know what to say about it, but I just wanted to say it out loud because it was a weird one. Yeah, I don't know what that even means. I don't either. I don't either. What it's, is the what is curious. the dangerous allure of the? Not only is, does the island have a dark influence, but it but it's a dangerous allure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's. I mean. Most of this is, is really uh, spot on, but uh, I never really saw that struggle with Jin of falling prey to the dangerous allure of the island's dark influence. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I never feel like it was a choice between get back with Sun or the, the island's dark influence. Yeah. Um, you don't remember you know. when the island's dark influence showed up and was like, listen, <laughs> it's either me or Sun. <laughs> what do you choose? <laughs> I mean, 
I, I think it's probably just a coincidence, but I do think it's interesting. He was there to witness the Rousseau thing when all the uh, when when they were all claimed and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, he did have like a certain close contact with what I the closest thing I would call to the Isle of Dark influence. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to suggest that you know the the period of time when he was you know when they were kind of on the on the ass with each other before he mm-hmm. really recommitted himself was was that supposed to be the island's influence like making him mad and stuff or mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know that, that yeah but that's a that comes out of nowhere this i don't think anywhere else in this document that they talk about the island's dark influence like it's they 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 reference the monster and different mm-hmm. uh, entities on the island but but not this whole general amorphous idea of that the island has an influence yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, like, of all characters, I think Jin was one of the ones who, like, had the least amount of attraction to the island. Yes. You know, like, I don't think he ever cared about the island one bit, and I think the whole time he was there, he wanted to leave. And he wasn't ever interested in it or attracted to it or anything like that. So it's it's very odd that that's in his description, mm-hmm. given that, given the, the what actually happened to his character in the end. So I don't know what they really had in mind there. It it points to maybe a, a slightly different way that his arc would develop, that maybe tied into the island more. Yeah, hmm. we'll never know. We'll never know, indeed. All right, so Hurley. Hurley, Hurley, Hurley. Yeah, his his was about half and half, right? I think. Uh, yes. So they talk about you know um, his love of food, and uh, what does it say? And an amiable ability to wrest peace from the thorniest of family feuds. Well, that's mm-hmm. very specific. Yeah. Um, I guess he he doesn't like people arguing, but I don't know if he has a great. Uh, diplomatic uh skill or anything like that um yeah so they 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 talk about hurley becoming having a career in asset recovery he's a repo man able to talk Mm -hmm. anyone out of anything and i I think i can see the kernel of that idea in hurley but they totally went the other direction with him because he's way too conflict averse to yeah. to be a repo man or to be someone who's going to talk you out of something, uh, he's way too easygoing and uh, and and um, yeah, he just doesn't like conflict enough to, to have the, that kind of resolve. But I like the yeah. idea. I like the idea that that he could be that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, yeah. At a certain point, they have Jack say to, to Ben or, or Juliet, I don't remember who it was, at the beginning of season three, uh, when they ask him who uh, what he did off the island, and he says he was a repo man. I feel like that might have been a slight reference to this, uh, mm. this idea about Hurley that they had early on. Obviously, what they don't have here is the numbers and the lottery and all that. So, so they have this line that, that Hurley was in, in Sydney because of his work, pretty much. And yeah. uh, he had talked a former millionaire into turning over his yacht. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, crossroads of ideas. You know, this whole millionaire idea 
and, and the idea of, of a yacht, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Since there is a scene where uh, a character gives a yacht to another character. Yeah, exactly. In a conversation. And it's Libby, actually. And it's Libby, yeah. And the idea that, that her husband could have been a, a former millionaire or something, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's weird how it's weird how some of these ideas uh, kind of lived on, even if this specific thing didn't uh, come to fruition. But I think for the character that they had Hurley be, it made much more sense. Another thing they don't talk about here is the mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think those details... Well, that's from the numbers, yeah. Exactly. And so I think, uh, but you know, they could have said that even if they didn't know about the numbers. Um, well, but it's 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 winning the lottery that sends them to the mental institution. So. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know, I know, I know. True, true, true. And I guess, I guess you had Boone being crazy. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they still that's had thing too. They didn't want to have two crazy people. So yeah. once they said, "Oh, we're not going to give Boone craziness. We'll give that to Hurley, maybe." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think of that when we were talking about Boom, but I guess Hurley's the crazy one. Yeah. Um, uh, And that's the thing. He's not not, um, classically crazy, right? I mean, he doesn't have a chemical imbalance that's producing schizophrenia. He's supernatural. He's got supernatural powers plus supernatural events that happen that have challenged his his notion of reality. So it's, it's still different, but yeah. Right. In a way, like, his reaction, you might just say it's a healthy reaction to the stuff that he's gone through and seen and stuff. I mean, I mean, it's crazy, the stuff well, he has. I guess Dave is really craziness. Yes, Dave is craziness. But I think, in general, the idea of being freaked out by the, you know, the numbers and all that stuff, you know, it's... It's you know, there's a there's a logic there I guess. Yeah. That I can sort of understand. Uh, so they say on the island, Hurley would be the one who responds to all of the strangeness with the bewilderment of an average Joe. And I don't think that's true. Um, he because but you know this is a different Hurley because our Hurley has seen strange things before he gets to the island. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but they did say he's the primary source of our comic relief, which I think is definitely true. Definitely true. But I, I also do think that even though he's not the average Joe, that it isn't quite right. I do think there are times where he's the closest thing the audience has to some kind of surrogate who will say the thing that the yeah, audience yeah. is thinking. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I feel like in that way it sort of works. Um, the, the idea that they wanted... The, the role they wanted him to fill. Yeah. Um, so I think, and yeah, he's, he is definitely the comic relief. There's no question about that. It's interesting, though, that he was supposed to be a Repo Man. I try to think of him in the pilot and envision him as a Repo Man. And, like, I, I can't quite do it. I guess I can't get out of my head the stuff they tell us about him later. Mm-hmm. But it just... He's... It just, he's I, I just feel like he's... Even from the pilot, he's too unsure of himself. To really be someone who can talk you out of anything, because that's Sawyer. Yeah. You know, that's that's Sawyer's skill. So I mean, if you're gonna, if Hurley's gonna come into this story with a skill like Sawyer, then they're gonna go head to head. And it's like, yes, Hurley can't 
can't compete against Sawyer in, in this kind of in this kind of thing. And that would have been, you know, being a repo man, you know, you're interested in, in assets. That would have mm-hmm. been a, a direct conflict with Sawyer's stash. Yeah. And uh, and it's like, oh, we need something from 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 Sawyer. Oh, well, have Hurley go talk to him because Hurley can talk anyone out of anything. You right. know, <laughs> like we would have had a scene like that and. Um, and, and I think you have to be really sure of yourself to have that that kind of uh, that kind of uh, verbal ability. And I think even in the pilot, Definitely. Hurley doesn't doesn't really depict that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a big part of his arc, uh, you know, to becoming leader of the island is, you know, uh, by the end of the show, he sort of develops that confidence. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, he has to start off not having it, and yeah. he really doesn't. No. And, and it takes years and years and years <laughs> for him to start to stand up to characters and, you know, make decisions and stuff like that. And it's a big it's a big thing in season six that he starts doing things himself mm-hmm. and and being looked up to to some extent. And I like this idea, they say, unable to attend college because oh, yeah, you know, he, he is not what some may call books. So it's like it's like not that he decided not to go. He just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was unable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of strange. That's not really a plot point at all. Yeah. For, uh, for the the Hurley I know. There wasn't an episode where Hurley where where all of Hurley's uh college rejection letters washed up on the island and he had to like look through all of these <laughs> and Kate's like who would smuggle <laughs> college rejection letters on a plane? <laughs> and then sounds like, Kate, I don't know if you need to smuggle those. Uh, it's just paper, it's Kate. It's just paper. Damn. You can bring paper on a plane. As long as it's not sharp. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, but it's interesting to try to imagine a show where Hurley is this person. It, it, it would have been different. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you know, Ben shows up, and then they get Hurley to talk to him. Because mm-hmm. Hurley yeah, can't get anyone anything. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have been so weird. Exactly. But yeah, you really can't have this guy and the guy, you know, you can't have this guy be the same guy who has these food insecurity issues and mm-hmm. and the, this, like, overwhelming guilt about certain things. And uh, yeah, he's just... Yeah, he barely gains confidence by the end of the ep- by the end of the series. You know, mm-hmm. slowly but surely, he gets a little more sure of himself. But yeah. All right, ready to go to Claire? Yes, let's do it. So Claire, um, Claire was sort of spot on. Uh, you know, they don't they talk about her getting pregnant. They don't talk about you know her dis- deciding to, to kind of raise the baby, but then give it up anyway. Right. Um, the psychic is not. That whole plot yeah. is not here. She directly uh, uh, contacts the couple. and Yeah, they uh, make it just, you know, they don't make it about she's forced into giving up the baby because she doesn't have her husband to help, uh, the baby's father to help. It's more about just the money. She's like, oh, I just want the money for this. Right. Right. But that idea of a, of an LA, a couple in L.A. who want the baby is, is there. Absolutely, yeah, and the idea that that's why uh, she was going to LA and 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that that basic thing of she was gonna give the baby up. I mean they definitely made that a big part. Yeah, and they talk about her unique connection to the islands, mysteries illustrated by terrifying nightmares. That happens. She is too frightened to share with the others. That 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 happened. I do uh, I do wish that uh, the show had found a con- more convincing way to tie in Claire uh, and I guess um, Aaron too. They sort of imply it's about it's about the baby. Um, uh, to the island, I think they never quite did that. I mean, you had you had the pregnancy issues, uh, you know, and I mean, eventually the you know the smoke monster sort of moved in, but but uh, I I, I it, it was her uh, episode uh, that really hooked me on Lost originally, and yeah, with the the, the nightmare scene was very good, and I mean, the whole thing. Um, uh, the, the the whole thing about you know her pregnancy and the others and all that like it it, it had a lot of potential and I I, I think they, they definitely um, they executed something along those lines <laughs> they just <laughs> it, it, it was just kind of disappointing in the end but it's it's not inaccurate yeah yeah uh, anything else for Claire? Um, let's see. Yeah. No, no, I guess that's it. Okay, so we're going to move on to Michael, which was pretty spot on. It talks about that he's an artist. Um... He uh, has a kid, which makes him change his career so he can be supportive. Um, his wife leaving with the baby. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then having to take care of Walt again. Uh, that's the last thing here where uh, his, his inner creative soul, um, he gets back in touch with his inner creative soul in order to emerge in a new role as the group's most capable builder. And I thought, I thought, oh, okay, so this is why he's building things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always thought they were trying to... Um, wait, what does it say? Oh, he took a real job. Yeah, I just, I still don't get why... And I guess it makes sense, but I still don't necessarily see a direct connection between being creative and being a builder. Like, when Michael's like, oh, I'm an artist, I'm going to build the the water system in the cave. Like, Mm -hmm. why? Just because you can draw it on paper means you can build it? (laughs) Like, I feel like it it almost makes sense that if you're creative enough to come up with the idea that – you can somehow make it happen, but it's like, yeah, that's not really true. Right. Well, I think the thing they had in the show was that the real job he had was in construction. So, so yes, some, that definitely helped. <laughs> some knowledge. Yeah, I feel like that kind of ties together the things, whereas this description leaves that as a looming question, I guess. Yeah. But he just, um, well, I mean, he does that, he builds the raft, 
Mm -hmm. And then I guess that's pretty much it, because he's off the show for most of it, so... Exactly. Yeah, but that, that, was, that was as much as they uh, executed this idea of him being a builder. They, they definitely put it in the show. It wasn't a big part of the show, or even his character, really. Yeah. But, uh, but it does exist. Uh... And and I think I think the way they describe uh, what happened with Walt and all that, I mean, it's 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 not exactly accurate, but it's very close. Yeah. To what they did, it's not different enough to be sort of shocking the way like Hurley's Repo Man thing was, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay, and then we have Walt, which is pretty. You know, there's not much here uh, for Walt. Uh... Yeah, so I think the thing about Walt that really stands out to me is what's not there, um, which is anything about his specialness, all that, all of that, you know, um, uh, they, they don't, they don't address that at all. They just talk about, uh, his relationship with Michael and his life experience and how that affected him. Yeah, they don't talk um, about what he's going to do now that he's on the island. They just, you know, they just say, okay, he's on the island with a father he doesn't really want to know. And, but they don't really yeah. say what opportunity the island's going to give him. Like, they do right. the characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shorter than the other ones. It's definitely less fleshed out. And uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, Walt is another uh, sort of uh, lost opportunity. Um or or dead end uh, mystery, I guess. Um, and reading this, it feels like they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, they, and they uh, probably yeah. thought, uh, and I think he's the fourteenth character. Yeah. So you know, it's thirteen characters plus Walt. So right. I think I think he he specifically got less uh, less story time here. Yeah, because he was going to be mostly involved with whatever Michael was doing. So right, that's the bulk of Michael's journey. Right, um, which was true. That is what happened. Um, but then they added all that other stuff, you know, uh, about the others wanting him and uh, his crazy abilities, um, and then set him on the sidelines. Not to be mentioned until literally the last second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with even like the characters refusing to share with him basic information, like <laughs> the fact that the fact that his father was dead. <laughs> it's just Did yeah. you need to know that? Oh, okay, well. It was just it was just oh last time I saw him he was uh it was uh, somewhere near the island. <laughs> oh I know. He's in the vicinity. <laughs> Islandish. Did you want more than that? <laughs> That's all I got. Get away. Cram, kid. Yeah. No, you're right. It's clear he's not supposed to be a focus, and indeed he wasn't. Um, but in, in that case, I feel like it was a mistake adding those those weird uh, aspects to his character because they didn't really pay off uh, in the long run. Well, it, it was mostly plot-related stuff, right? I mean, that, you know, once they figured out what the others were about, that, that, that called into question the need to, to deal with Walt and, um, right. and the whole Raph situation, so... Yeah. 
it, it was more of a plot thing than a character thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, it's true. It's true. All right, so let's move on to the stories. So part three of this document, they talk about uh, some example stories that uh, they could do on the show. So I haven't read through all of these. I figure since the podcast is already really long, we can just make it longer and just read through all of these. Let's um, do it. Uh, we, we can, like, maybe take turns. and uh, uh, So, but anyway, to set this up, it, it talks about the types of stories and how... Um, you know, the different five types are character conflict, story, I mean, survival slash society building, the island attack slash forces of nature, flashbacks, and then the other slash contact with new people. So those are the kind of main types, uh, with mystery being the kind of, uh, one type to rule them all. And, uh, so yeah, let's go with these, uh, stories. Uh, you want to read the choice? Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, here we go. The choice. When a new... Sorry. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> okay. You got three words in. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> when a row of seats is discovered in the jungle containing a badly burned passenger who is remarkably still alive, Kate and Jack... Their relationship now marred by a serious trust issue now that Jack knows her secret. Clash as she argues that he grant the man's wish to end his tremendous pain and kill him. A concept that not only contradicts Jack's beliefs regarding euthanasia, but also his reluctance in accepting that they are now on their own. Yeah, that's in caps. Yeah, um, that's so they one. didn't do this episode exactly, but... The, the elements of this story is basically the marshal. Yep. So they, they, they had the first part of this. They, they did find a row of seats. Uh, they did. But that was. They the, found multiple rows of seats in a way. Yeah, like, they did. There was the one underwater and there was Bernard and the tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking of the one underwater since that's, yeah. you know, Kate related specifically. Right. Um, and then, but then later, okay, then they have the whole thing with the marshal being injured and needing to be put out of his misery. And there we have Jack's conflict and his beliefs about euthanasia and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, so they did, they did do uh, the elements of that episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Story. Uh, it's interesting, though. Jack is supposed to know Kate's secret at this point, which he definitely doesn't when the marshal thing happens. Yeah, yeah. It really just ends up, it ends up being more about how the fact that he doesn't, <laughs> know her secret and so he's sort of suspicious mm -hmm. uh of her uh in terms of you know uh wanting the marshal to die you know uh, and technically if this person is stuck in a row of seats badly burned and it's been a day or two yeah they're infected and they're gonna die so yeah yeah they're gonna have to kill this guy uh, okay, the thirst, or sorry, thirst. Uh, having consumed every drop of bottled water from the wreckage under the false belief that rescue was imminent, our group is faced with their first survival crisis, finding water. Who will go and who will stay? How will they find a fresh water source? And once they do, how, how they'll bring it back all illuminates their harsh new reality. If something needs to get done, they're going to have to do it themselves. On their own. <laughs> They keep making it clear they're on their own. 
That's kind of the same, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't ever really get an episode about the need for water, right? Well, they had the plot point about someone stole the water. Uh, thing. Uh, and so uh, that was a thing. And uh, uh, yeah, and then it turned out it was Boone or something. I don't, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter very much. Um, and they, I mean, they did sort of talk about water mm-hmm. uh, in terms of moving to the cave, for example being a consistent source of yeah. water and they sort of showed them collecting it from the rain and stuff like that but i agree it was never it was never a major plot point. they basically set up reasons how they're going to be able to get water and then they just left that running in the background yeah exactly exactly i mean they, they talked about it but yeah they they never did anything as crazy as building a whole episode around because there is a in this document i forgot where but they did mention this whole idea of a mystery that there's no fresh water on the island so mm-hmm, they did say that presumably they were gonna run with that and then it would have been a bigger issue finding water right right yeah but the island has plenty of freshwater sources plenty and if you drink that water something might happen Something might not happen. Uh, something might not happen. Alright, are you ready for the next one? Yep. Finders Keepers. Uh, finders I... Slash Keepers, please. <laughs> okay, Finders Slash Keepers. <laughs> I, I guess it's a double meaning or something. Um, as rationing begins, fights break out between our people as new rules begin to present themselves. First and foremost, whether or not your own personal property can be requisitioned by the others in order to provide for the greater good. The only solution is a frontier mentality. And when possession is nine-tenths of the law, how do you protect your stash once you've got it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a tagline. Like, when, when possession is nine-tenths of the law, I just feel like this up to some movie or something. <laughs> It does. Yeah, so... Uh, it's like, when possession is nine-tenths of law, how do you dot 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 finders keepers? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but that's what it yeah. should say. Yeah. Yeah. So, they sort of talked about this idea. Um, I would say Sawyer, obviously, had, had the, was really the one with the stash. Stash. Um, and you know when he comes back after the after he's in the uh, you know the the Hydra and stuff you know it turns out they've raided his stash and he he's angry about it for a certain amount of time and then they have the fucking ping pong game you know um, so like there's there's like a little bit of that idea that's sort of preserved um, uh, but it's certainly not something that multiple characters care about. Um, I think Sawyer's the only one who ever really gets obsessed about his own stuff and don't go in my stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they do talk about the greater good, which obviously that was a thing later. Yeah. Um, so they definitely had that idea. But all I can think of is like, this just doesn't sound like an entertaining episode. I like that whole idea of like, uh, uh, When's your personal property, not your personal property, but that's like a scene. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I think I think the idea is interesting, but the way they describe the episode, the tag, like how do you protect your stash once you've got it? It's like well, that's you not... hide it. That's the only thing you can do. Exactly. Like it's like 
I don't know. The answer to that question is not a 43-minute episode. Yeah. All right. Everybody gets sick. A medical mystery compounds the trials of survival when the castaways are struck by a violent and seemingly contagious illness. What? Amid mounting panic and the gruesome death of the first survivor struck with the disease, Jack must quarantine the sick and use the limited resources at his disposal to investigate the outbreak, perform a makeshift autopsy, and ultimately rely on less formal medical knowledge from an unlikely source, son. What? So, they did versions of this throughout Absolutely. the show. Uh, we never had one big contagious illness where Jack needed to quarantine people. Um, right. Uh, I, this whole idea of a makeshift autopsy was pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, that never really happened, but that would have been crazy if Jack's like, we gotta crack this guy open and like, <laughs> do what? Like, I don't know what he would do at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could maybe like, look, do a visual diagnosis of some organs. I think that's as most as he could probably do. Um, without like tools and, and, and stuff, but, um, yeah, but then this idea he's got to rely on the sun is interesting, too. So that, that happens every now and then. So they did, they did most of that. Yeah, they did. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, they definitely kept alive the idea of uh, some kind of, some kind of illness or sickness that... Oh, really? I've know. never heard. <laughs> not familiar with sickness never heard that term so like you had obviously the the most infamous sickness that you know we've talked about ad nauseum and we'll continue to talk about past nauseum mm -hmm. but post nauseum uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh also also there was the you know the stuff with the uh, the swan hatch you know the the thing where it said it said quarantine on the other side of the 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 door and you had the kelvin thing uh and the the shots and and you know like there was they really did play around with the idea of some kind of some kind of illness that everyone was susceptible to and they just never they never made it quite real as a threat uh, you know, to the masses. Mm -hmm. uh, no, but they definitely like that idea, I think. I just realized, I don't know if we've, we've postulated this before. It, it doesn't work, but I was just thinking it, it might have been interesting if they would have said that um, they were using the vaccine as like an anti-radiation inoculation because Jughead's on the island. Mm -hmm. so I thought that would have been interesting if they would have gone that way. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would make sense, actually. <laughs> Too bad they didn't. Yeah, yeah. They would make too much sense to be useful. <laughs> um, and also, of course, uh, when uh, when Boone shows up injured and Jack has to do his makeshift uh, surgery, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, to try to save his life, Son does help with that. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think they did sort of come through on that idea as well. Yeah, they mostly did. Um, it's just, yeah, there wasn't an episode about everyone. They had episodes about people getting sick, but there was never an episode about, like, a mass illness, you know. 
it was it, it was much more contained than that. But yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's interesting because like they had to think of all these before they even, mm-hmm. you know. But they a lot of these ideas are are really things that they they kept in mind for later. Yeah. Well, they spent um, all they spent all that time thinking of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're going to go to that much trouble, I mean, you might as well come up with something you can actually use, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready for the next one? I am. I don't think you are. Sunburn. It isn't long before paper money and the respective wealth of the survivors becomes moot. Value. <laughs> <laughs> paper money was never, ever a question of value. <laughs> From the pilot on, no one was ever like, give me some of that paper money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's just laughable. Um, But value and usefulness become intertwined as sunscreen becomes the single most valuable currency for trading. Not only other items recovered from the crash, but for services, a.k.a. chores as well. SPS become the new gold standard. (laughs) It's <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is serious <laughs> drama here. I just can't. SPS. Yeah. I love it. They're like, how many SPFs do I have? That's the thing. Like, an SPF 100 is better than SPF 50. <laughs> Come on. No, oh, that's not... Yeah, I'm not giving you that for SPF 15. You yeah, gotta be kidding me. This is at least SPF 20. <laughs> has become the new gold standard. It's the one thing everybody needs, but not everybody's got. Yeah. And, yeah, ugh, grammar. And those smart enough to hoard it ain't willing to share. I, this is a weird moment here where they get very colloquial, and they, <laughs> like, everybody needs, but nobody's got, and ain't this and ain't that. I'm like, wh- why did the grammar change here all of a sudden? This is I feel like this episode is... This episode, so there was a, I remember a scene from the show, one scene from the show about sunburn, <laughs> about sunscreen, I should say, and uh, it's uh, it's, Shan- it's a scene between Shannon and Sawyer where he, where she goes to him to get uh, sunscreen, and they have a short scene about it. I believe that's the only time it's ever mentioned yeah. uh, as a thing, um, but I feel like this episode should involve Sawyer. Because he should be the one that has most of the He's the one sunscreen. not willing to share, yeah. Exactly. Um, and and it, it does feel like Sawyer talking. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I see I see Sawyer's influence in the in the way they're writing it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so smart so enough to... That's the one thing everybody needs, but ain't nobody done got. <laughs> And those smart enough to hold it ain't willing to share. <laughs> yeah, you made him a southern belle. <laughs> made him blast the bois, but okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my go-to. Share <laughs> my SPF. Now I'm foghorn leghorn, but... Uh, <laughs> Sawyer so thinks well, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I can't really imitate Sawyer, obviously. But like, yeah, that whole idea. This is this is a Sawyer episode, I think. 
Because he's going to be the one that decides that SPFs are the new gold, the new gold standard. <laughs> yeah. I, I really wish there was some other thing they could say to make it more ridiculous. Like, there was some, <laughs> some like, um, abbreviated, like, currency we use. Like, SPFs yeah. so the new GBWs, you know, <laughs> or something. Like, ah, so close to being just that much more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say USD or GBP or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like they they do that. They have they have. I, th I feel like that's what they're thinking of. But then they say gold standard, which mm -hmm. it's a little weird because currencies don't really operate on the gold standard anymore. <laughs> but you know, mm -hmm. economics aside, uh, I know what they mean. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, that's an episode they didn't do. Glad they didn't. I mean, that's just that would have been a doozy of an episode to have to deal with. And, you know, I think another reason you don't want a whole episode is it, it's going to be an ongoing thing and they're going to run out. So if you yeah. make a big deal about it, then you're going to have to come back in season two and three and say, well, we ran out of sunscreen, but sun sun made us this little this con plant concoction that'll be like, mm -hmm. you know, they'd have to keep coming. And suddenly sun becomes the richest person on the island. <laughs> It's not the, the FPFs become the SUNs. <laughs> exactly. You know, when I first read the title, I assumed it was going to be a sun-centric episode. Exactly. That's what you would think, like Sundown. Exactly. Exactly. They, they, they totally fooled me. It's like, what the fuck? Why is this not a sun episode? <laughs> well, sun, where, where sun is the first sunburn victim. Exactly. But I will say that uh, uh, as someone who uh, does get sunburned really easily, I, I did think several times on the show, like, they really would need some sunscreen or they would be seriously sunburned from being outside as much as they are. Yeah. Like, realistically, it would be a problem. But you know what? Realistically, <laughs> their beards and their hair and stuff, like, yeah. would Everything. So, you know, whatever. Curly would have lost, like, 100 pounds. Yeah. Like, it would have exactly. been completely different. It's not about that. All right. The food source. When Locke returns to camp with fresh meat, he gains instant celebrity status until he refuses to divulge where it came from. <laughs> Why is it a comedy now? <laughs> oh, no. Um, it, reminds me of that, it reminds me of that Good Times episode where... What? <laughs> <laughs> is that a weird reference? You're gonna reference good times out of nowhere? You gotta set yeah. first, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a good times episode. Okay. Did JJ Abrams do that too? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Let me explain. Um, it reminds me of the good times episode where. There's like a neighbor, I'm going to be a little bit wrong because I don't remember the details exactly, but there's like a neighbor and they find out that they've been eating dog food, I guess, to save money. And then they uh, they invite them over or they have a get together. I don't remember what it is. And the neighbor brings meatloaf and they're all worried that it's... <laughs> oh man, first of all... See this episode. That sounds. Crazy. It was a good episode. They already have a farce going here, and <laughs> I love the idea of, of the. They don't know if they should eat. Is it is it a dog meatloaf? Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. And so they're all worried about it, and obviously, uh, antics ensue. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the end, they all learn a lesson. But like, it was <laughs> about judging other people's food before you eat it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, but like when when it says he refuses refuses to divulge where it came from, mm. like that was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, like he he found a bunch of dog food cans and he just <laughs> dumped them out. He's like, "Look, guys, I got fresh. I got fresh meat. It's all in the shape of a can." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's fresh. Is it fresh if it comes from a can? Is that not fresh? That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know what fresh means. It's fresh from the can. Yeah, come on. It's preserved in there, right? It's just yeah, fresh. Fresh-ish, no? Fresh-ish? It's not rotten. <laughs> the, there's, there's only fresh and rotten. There's nothing <laughs> Exactly. That's it. What else do you want? Yes, yeah, so like, so like, seriously though, like, where did the meat come from? I have no idea so what. I think this, I think they did this episode. I think this is a lot coming with Boar, but yeah. him not wanting to say how he got, I mean, he says he hunted it, right? But there was that little mystery with like Boone and Locke going out to hunt. And Shannon right. kind of made that a mystery about where you guys going. But, but this is when they were actually, you know, doing the hash stuff, of course. But it, yeah. did, it, it did start out as a bit of a mystery when he brought back the boar. I, I guess so, but it's not like, I mean, at that point they had seen boar. Yeah, it wasn't like they didn't, they couldn't have guessed how he got it. Exactly. Whereas this seems to imply that, like, there's no obvious way he could have got to me, yeah. you know? Whereas in that case, he had a knife. There were boar. It, it could have been a, a horror reveal where he, like, killed some red shirts or something, and that's where the meat came from, you know? Yeah. Like, something like that. Exactly. And given the fact that he has a plan, like, is this a part of the plan somehow? By the like, way, I would have loved if he was killing people to provide meat. <laughs> that would have been so great. <laughs> oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> Oh my god, lock the cannibal. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy. No, 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 you never see him eat it. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. He's Cannibal's wrong word. He's feeding it to everyone else so he lock. can get the leadership status of providing for the group, but, but he doesn't want to eat. You know, he's only eating fruits. <laughs> That's part of the mystery. Like, you never see him eat. And he's always like, oh, I ate before. No, you lock don't. the cannibal enabler. Exactly. <laughs> It rolls off the tongue very easy. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, you know, I there, there's definitely something with Locke and meat. I mean, they definitely kept that idea. And they certainly kept the idea of Locke keeping secrets. You do keep meat in a locker. That's true. So, there's no connection there other than the words. <laughs> <laughs> Which means nothing. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. What do you I, think? I'm there was a, there was a locker somewhere. I'm just saying I there is no connection besides the fact that lock is like locker without the R and that's oh, oh wow I didn't get that at all I was okay all wow right. I had a chance to explain it so what a, thank you what a pun the first thing so that just that that made me. <laughs> 
my misinterpretation, or should I say my uh, failure to understand your pun, made me realize that, or made me think of a possible answer, which is that he he finds one of the Dharma stations and finds, like, a, a meat locker or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Like, I could see that being the thing. It's sort of along the lines of something they did with him. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, it would, it would move that plotline along quicker if he's going in there and taking meat, but... That, that seems like a possible answer here. Yeah. He comes back with, like, a a, a, a wrap frozen turkey. I'm like, where'd you get this? He's like, in the jungle! <laughs> He's just natural. This other turkeys naturally are on the island. Oh, I wish I could see that. <laughs> oh, my God. Lost just became the best comedy ever. Right? It's always on the verge of comedy. You change like one thing on any any episode, it's, it's a roaring comedy. <laughs> what? That's how they are. So they are, guys. This island's really crazy. They cut back. They cut back to Charlie. Guys, where are we for real this time? <laughs> You've never seen a turkey before. <laughs> This is how they come. When you see turkeys frozen in grocery stores, that's their home. That's their nest. That's how they live. That's their natural habitat. Why do you think we call grocery stores turkey zoos? Don't we call them that? I don't think so. No, no, okay. No. Zoo. <laughs> Sounds weird. Hey, Mom, I'm going to the turkey zoo. <laughs> Mom, I'm going to the turkey zoo. You need to pick me up. <laughs> turkey zoo? No? Okay. <laughs> turkey zoo. Oh, my God. All right. That's, yeah. So, let's just say, I would say, a priori, that sounds like an interesting episode. <laughs> Well, yeah, with that set up, I'd watch it. Because it has a mystery, you know, and I like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a mystery that I don't immediately know the answer to based on where the show went. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I like that. And it fits in with Locke's character and stuff. I, 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 I'd say this is a check. I, I like this one. This is probably my favorite of the episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> from the From the 30. Alright, so are you ready for the next one? Ready for the next one. <clears throat> Alright, Fog. Uh, while making the literal exodus uh -oh. to, what, yeah, to what will become their new camp and our standing sets, uh, a thick fog descends upon the island, quickly separating our castaways from one another, as fog always does. Yeah. Small groups are isolated by the tricks and treachery of the island but also by their <laughs> but also by their stupidity, short-sightedness, and sometimes cowardice. As the unlikely pairings of survivors face their situation, they will learn a great deal about each other and themselves in an episode which serves as a conduit for critical character-defining actions and flashbacks. Wow, the fog. I, I just love that idea that, that they're being tricked 
by the treasury of the island, and also their stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> and also they're just stupid. <laughs> which which is not really wrong. I mean, half yeah. the time something happens on the island, Man in Black is doing it, and half the times it's people being stupid. Yeah. Oh so, well, yeah, that that fits. Here we do have another reference to the the dark power of the island or whatever yeah like it, it seems like they they do have that idea that the island somehow has this uh, consciousness that it's uh it's doing things intentionally mm-hmm. uh to people but yeah of course it's uh also there's what's already there and you can work with that <laughs> um it's interesting that they use the word exodus being that that's literally an episode title yeah um finale uh i i've been complaining uh recently um (laughs) it's not really the right way to put it but i've noticed within the last year or so quite a few shows have had scenes involving fog uh caused by sometimes supernatural reasons sometimes it's uh smoke bomb um oh geez and (laughs) yeah and I personally don't like it, specifically because it does what they describe here. It, like, makes these weird, isolated events happen, mm-hmm. where, like, suddenly you cut and it's just, like, two or three characters, and, and the, you sort of lose track of the, the whole thing. It becomes these little isolated uh, incidents, but, like, this really makes it, like, that's just the function it serves. I mean, that's what they want. Yeah. You know, but I, I find a lot of times, especially in action sequences, I don't think that plays very well. I don't know. I always find those scenes sort of awkward to watch. Like it just seems strange. I think it, here they play it more like, um, uh, more like a, a sort of survival situation. Um, I think it would work better here because because the fog would be ever present. Whereas yeah. it, when you're doing smoke bombs. I think it's hard to depict that right, and it's hard to make it seem the way they really want it to seem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's a lot of times it's contrivance too. They they want characters not to see certain things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, here here I think it could definitely work. It could be creepy too, and I mean they're implying the islands being treacherous. So. That makes me think when you said uh, using fog so people don't see things. That makes me think of uh, they could have had a. Uh, an episode called Fog Down. And, like, when the pallet drop comes, like, a fog descends on the island so people don't see where the fog comes from. I mean, see mm-hmm. where the pallet drop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you ready for the next one? Let's do the next one. Vincent! Um, after seeing Vincent on the island for some time, we realize he's the man in black. <laughs> Oh, wait, it doesn't say that. Oh, wait, that was in my head. <laughs> I was like, wow, I uh, I didn't remember that one. You didn't catch that one? It was episode three. <laughs> they really saw ahead. Holy shit. Yeah. Good job, guys. All right, here's, here it is for real. Vincent. It is called Vincent. Uh, in an attempt to find common ground with Walt, Michael ventures into the jungle to find his son's pet Labrador. Upon locating Vincent, said Labrador, Michael is surprised to see that not only has the dog's ear been bitten off, but that the bite mark appears to be human. (gasps) 
So that's what? Where, that's where Locke got the meat from. <laughs> the, the meat was only part of a dog's ear. <laughs> dog ear! <laughs> like, I didn't get this. I got meat, guys. <laughs> it's more like an appetizer, but... Um, Locke, that's a half-chewed dog ear. <laughs> I know, I know. He's like, got protein. And? <laughs> I don't see your point. It's meat, isn't it? <laughs> okay, it's mostly so, cartilage. So, this is a crazy idea here. Um, I mean, we did get Michael concerned about finding uh, Vincent at various Looking points. for Vincent. Yeah, that definitely happened. But this whole idea this, that a human attacked Vincent is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. I have no idea what they're going for with that. Yeah. Now, I, it would have been interesting if maybe somebody like Rousseau did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a prime suspect, but I think you'd have to have a very particular circumstance for her to uh, <laughs> bite up a dog's ear. Yeah, as crazy as Rousseau was. <laughs> it would... did, did, did Vincent, like, stumble upon her hiding place and then instead of Saeed and then like she strings Vincent up to the electrocution machine and she's like tell me where my baby is <laughs> it's Vincent like whimpering for half an hour arf, arf. right oh no yeah exactly <laughs> so you can talk and then, exactly see yeah it took 30 minutes and then finally he can talk <laughs> and then later she turns her back and she looks behind her and, and like he's got the rifle <laughs> and then she's like and he shoots and she's like aha the firing pin I took out the firing pin like, you didn't know rough yeah yeah should have had that episode ram it ram it <laughs> oh no it is interesting also that uh, what they're describing here is kind of an episode that's centered around Vincent, mm -hmm. which isn't something they, it's something they talked about, but they never really did. Um, uh, and I think, I think they did like imply that something weird was going on with Vincent, but they, they just never really told us what it was. Yeah. Um, and this sounds like that's, heading in that direction too but it's i guess something they didn't decide to do I, I think i think you're right like the closest thing we have is russo but i really don't know who they have in mind yeah. in this at this point well maybe this uh, is schizophrenic uh schizophrenic boon ah yeah 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 it could be and that would tie into the revelation that he's schizophrenic or something or i don't know yeah 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 but yeah, I believe he survived to the last scene with both of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did have both of his ears tagged. <laughs> so we never quite got that. Um, that sounds like an interesting episode, I have to say. Yeah, it does. I'd watch that one. I, w I would also watch that one. Um, okay, are you ready for the next one? Ready. Crime and Punishment. <laughs> <laughs> what an original title. Not that one. Um, Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Boone stumbles into the camp, badly beaten and barely conscious, an immediate investigation is launched to determine who is responsible. Sawyer is revealed to be the culprit. <laughs> wow, to get to that quick. 
I know. It's like, what? That was the mystery. Uh, <laughs> Sawyer is revealed to be the culprit, but both he and Boone are unwilling to talk about what happened, setting up a mystery that bears resolution. Uh, the ethical issue at hand, meeting out some sort of penalty for breaking the camp's only law, no harm to each other. Ultimately, the only options are jail, withholding food, or the purest and most apt, letting the punishment fit the crime. Hmm. Uh, like beating him? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's what they mean. It's like an eye for an eye kind of a thing. Like, because <laughs> the withholding food isn't. I mean, that's that doesn't really do anything. Because uh, you're gonna get food at a certain point. Then what lesson have you learned? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jail, they'd have to build a jail and then someone right. have to watch him. Yeah. See, that's the thing they never really did. They never really did this whole trial thing where people, you know, it's up for question who did something and then there's a, a, a verdict and then there's a sentence you carry out. Like, they never got that formal. Right. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, yeah, this is, this is, this is going in that, in that weird political legalistic direction that, they they clearly thought about seriously, but ultimately decided that they wanted to do other things. And, and it's something you you do have to think of in a in a survival context of how do you you know how does that part of civilization work when you you know don't have a legal system set up? Absolutely, uh, Walking Dead has had to deal with this issue, yeah. uh, and and I think they would have if. Uh, they didn't keep sort of having huge crises happen that you know split them up and stuff. Like it sort of made it impractical. They weren't they weren't really settled long enough, I think, to have this work. Yeah, like you know what they could have done is Ben. Like they could have put Ben on trial mm -hmm. when he was Henry Gale. You know. Absolutely. You know, but they kind of just internally did their own trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just kind of took charge. Um. I think, so, like, a couple things are interesting about this, like, when Boone stumbles into the camp badly beaten and barely conscious, like, that actually happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just, the reason is different. It's not Sawyer, it's, you know, it's Locke, and it's that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they, they, they know who's responsible, because Locke's the one that carries him in, you know. But, th it's weird that that idea sort of survived. And then also, it's weird that Sawyer did engineer uh, an attack uh, mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, Sun, uh, uh, for example. And so, like, they, they still had, you know, they still had that idea of, like, Sawyer does something against the other, you know. But here, like, they're conspiring or something, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on between Sawyer and Boone. This makes me think again. I, I want to go back to Boone's secret or something. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's why he's you know they're unwilling to talk about. It. But that, and that, that's an interesting mystery, right? Like one guy beats up, and, and that, that is mm -hmm. again, the the lock and Boone hatch mystery too, though. Absolutely. You know, not wanting to talk about what happened. They kept they kept that idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, that basic setup. It's just, yeah, the the legal thing isn't really there. Um, but I did find interesting their law was no harm to each other. They're, yeah, they're only one law, no harm to each other. Yeah. They never uh, make that explicit. 
No, but uh, the episode where uh, Jack tries to save Boone's life is indeed called Do No Harm. It is. <laughs> but of course, and that's... parentheses to each other. Right. Of course, the, I think that's a reference to them being a doctor rather than, like, a code for the whole group. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, it sort of makes sense, like, that that might be the first thing you uh, mm-hmm. come up with in terms of a law. Especially if people are be- get, becoming missing and vanishing. Exactly. And showing up with mysterious meat. And, yeah, and, and dog's ears being bitten off. Dog's ears. <laughs> And we know, yeah. and the greatest drama of all, no sunscreen, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I, I, this this sounds like a decent episode. I, I would watch this. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know w- what they were thinking with this, and that, that's usually a good sign. All right, election. After a failed attempt at communism. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I didn't read this Say what now? They were like, we're gonna try communism for a little while, guys. Like, what? What happened there? Like, a Russian red shirt showed up. And was like, I got an idea. <laughs> All right. After a failed attempt at communism, followed by a glorified version of everything for himself. What? Cast, yeah, I guess that's the opposite of communism. The cast yeah. finally realized they need one person to make decisions, which affect the whole group. Despite. <laughs> Despite his reluctance to take on such responsibility, Jack emerges as the early favorite. But when he fails to provide food and water, a dark horse candidate rises to challenge his leadership. Locke. Whoa! Interesting. So they kind of got at this. They kind of got at this. So first thing is, is the everyman for himself reminds me of kind of the opposite of live together, die alone. Absolutely, and there's literally an episode called "Every Man for Himself," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's that that sort of Sawyer's philosophy, at least for a while. Yeah, I like this that they failed at communism. I it's just <laughs> this funny notion that we communism do. always fails. It does oh even on an island? It doesn't even yeah. work in a closed society. Exactly. You think they have ideal conditions, but no, it still fails. It still doesn't work. They finally proved it. Communism just doesn't work, kids. Doesn't work, guys. Doesn't work. It's a lab test and it failed. What you have to do is give one person absolute power. <laughs> yeah, despotism is really the way to go. That's the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lost. Well, it seems like they it seems like they they totally like forgot about democracy. Yeah. They went from communism to despotism and were like, Well, we could all vote on what this one person does or who that one yeah. person is. Yeah, from from communism to anarchy to yeah to, to dictatorship like yeah. it's crazy it's crazy I could see them sliding into a dictatorship as crises arise or whatever mm-hmm. um, obviously other shows have gone in that direction but uh, yeah I would think they would start with the the thing that uh, most of them I mean. The countries they come from are, are used to. They they have democracy. That would I would think that would be the natural thing they would go for. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, the idea of Jack and Locke uh, chow being um, competing for leadership like that definitely yeah. existed. For sure. Uh, it was a big part of the show. It was just it was never so formal uh, 
as like they, I mean they call it elect. They don't quite say they're gonna have an election, but uh, yeah. I, I I feel like that's what's implied. Um, well, and they they give Jack this job in the pilot, and it you know Locke yeah. contests it later, but he you know Jack Jack starts with that job. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's sort of episodes that are about him, like you know. Fully accepting it or making peace with the fact that he's a leader or what have you, but uh, it's true. Like, as soon as he jumped in, you know, uh, the middle of that wreckage and started rescuing people, you know, when everyone was just like wandering around dazed and stuff like that, like, he, yeah. he really he made himself a leader, I think. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, that, that was that, uh, that's an interesting episode. Anyway. All right, so we have, like, four pages more to go, so <laughs> we've got a lot of story to get through. All right, here we go. Next one. The Others. The Others. After Shannon has a snit with Sawyer, the object of her affection, despite her adamant denial of said fact, she wanders deep into the jungle and stumbles upon two strange young men who may or may not have been survivors of the crash. As they're unwilling to let her go back, it becomes clear it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a joke. Um, back at the camp, Sawyer and Boone must resolve, must resolve their differences in order to form an unlikely rescue team in order to get her back. Well, they, Note, they did two in orders, too. Oh. What? They did in order to form and in order to get. Oh, I see that. In order to form an unlikely rescue team, in order to get her back. They could have just said to get her back. Yeah. It's not really necessary. Um, they could have actually could have admitted it both times. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, note. This is a little note for the episode. Uh, this story may be our first formal sighting slash interaction with, quote, the others. Their origins and numbers. It could be a whole tribe for all we know. A mystery. All we get at this point is that they're fiercely intelligent, aggressive, and not at all pleased to be sharing their island with our castaways. Mm. So, right. boom. So, they kind of did this. Um, they did. Not two strange young men. Not quite, no. Not together, particularly, but there were, I mean, if you can count, um, uh, what's his name, Ethan, and, mm -hmm. uh, Goodwin. and, uh, Goodwin, yeah. Yeah, there were two strange men. Yeah, yeah. They weren't that young, really. Yeah, uh, youngish, and, yeah, uh, and, old. and then, yeah, middle, they're middle. Yeah, yeah. And, um. They didn't necessarily kidnap Shannon, but, um, yeah, there was a, it was pretty close. And, and this whole interaction with Shannon and the others, too, right? So you do have Ethan presumably taking, uh, Cindy, uh, during that episode where Shannon gets shot. So you do have the others taking someone and Shannon being in the middle of that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Shannon does, yeah, 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 sort of have a run-in. But yeah, in general, like, 
she doesn't really get involved with the others. And of course, she doesn't have a relationship with Sawyer either, so... Yeah. I mean, the whole motivation for this episode doesn't really work um, for what they actually did. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, um, I think... I think they definitely they definitely saved aspects of this. The idea of may or may not have been survivors of the crash. I mean, that implies to me that they would have said they were survivors of the crash. Yeah. Um, but then she realizes they're not, you know. When they won't let her go back, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so then, yeah, then it would get... But I think, I think what they actually did was scarier than this. Mm-hmm. Um... The, the, the way they did the reveal of Ethan having been there, like, basically the whole time. Yeah. I think that was scarier than, like, her just, like, Shannon just running into them in the jungle. You know? It would still be scary, but I think I think there was an extra aspect that, like, he had been there, people had talked to him, and then just suddenly he turns, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 think, uh, I think what they did works better but uh i i still would be curious how how this was supposed to work their description of the others is interesting um uh because i think they're very vague about it obviously yeah Um, but it but it all seems fairly accurate in terms of the way they portray them portray them eventually yeah for sure all right language barrier in a moment brought on by crisis, Jen catches Sun speaking fluent English, a secret she has shared only with Kate. At first, enraged that his wife has kept the secret from him, Jen soon realizes that he must now rely almost completely on her if he wants to communicate with the others. Not that the others. The other the others. <laughs> the others, lowercase. Lowercase O. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this pretty much happened. This was an episode. Yeah. This was this was dot 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 in translation, I, I think, or or maybe it was the other one. But I, I think it was dot 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 in translation, because I think in I think in House of the Rising Sun, <laughs> we um. <laughs> you have to laugh at that. It sounds like a joke, but it's not. Um. Uh, we find out that she speaks English, and I think Kate finds out in that episode, which they're also right about here. Yep. Um, but I think it's in Da 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 in translation, that, which is the same idea of language barrier. Um, so I think, I think this, is, this is the closest we've had so far to something that they really did as an episode. Yeah. Like, like it's just, that's really what they did, pretty much uh, exactly. Yeah. They I mean, they, they, don't, they don't talk about the details, but... That's kind of the point. They just say crisis, you know. Yeah, in a moment brought on by crisis when Jen is punching uh, <laughs> uh, Michael. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Are you ready for the next one? Yep. Sawyer's deal. <laughs> What's What is Sawyer's deal? Well, let me tell I you. I hope it's that kind of deal. Having concerned the... Sorry, I can't read. Having cornered the market on alcohol by liberating <laughs> <laughs> by liberating all the booze from the fuselage, Sawyer refuses to turn over some of his booty to Jack. <laughs> Jack, you're not getting none of my booty. 
going to take more booze than that for you. To... <laughs> <laughs> Always Jack and Sawyer. All right. Um... <laughs> God. Uh, okay. Sorry. His booty. <laughs> yeah, start with that one. <laughs> Like, why did they have to say booty? Out of nowhere, they said booty. <laughs> it was just not necessary. Just need to say that. There's so <laughs> many other words they could use for that. Ugh, so many. All right, anyway, turn over. <laughs> and then it's Jack, you know? Like, you just, it's his booty to Jack. You just don't think you're ever going to read that. Turning it over, you know? Yeah. There's just... It's just some, some stuff here they, they could have avoided. Exactly. Alright, alright, alright. Okay, Jack. It's like, no, Jack, you can't rape me. I just felt like that's the subtext here. Okay. That's what it feels like. I know. And the fact that they, they did have that weird tension-filled sort of relationship, it's almost like it's almost like they're hinting at that semi-subtext that they had. Sub-subtext, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not really there, but it's like half there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, Jack. We'll start there. Uh, who who needs it the booze for his makeshift infirmary? But when Sawyer finds himself in that same infirmary after a run-in with a wild boar, the negotiations take on a whole new tack. Why did they put negotiations in quotes? I don't know. It shouldn't be in quotes. It shouldn't be in quotes unless they're implying there's something fishy about these negotiations. I mean, I mean, maybe it's just the fact that they're not like formal negotiations between like part for you know like specific uh, I don't know entities or so, I don't know. I, I yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's very strange. This does not sound like a good episode. They they sort of had this with the uh, the heroin. Uh, Sawyer ends up having the heroin, and Jack has to come get it. Um, uh, and he also had to like win the guns in the uh, poker game. Yeah, he and so he got hurt by a boar, right? He did get hurt by a boar. Oh, did was he it, get? Was oh. it when, when there was a boar in the fuselage or something? Yeah, you didn't he get didn't he get hurt or did it just run past him? No, it just ran past him. He does have he does have the boar like menace him for a while in that episode where he like goes after the boar. Okay. Yeah, uh, the boar. The, I thought the boar. Okay, no, it's that episode where the boar. They're in the jungle, right? And the boar like runs him over and hurts him. Yes, that does happen. You're right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I forgot, cause cause the boar also attacked Michael at a certain point earlier. Yeah. And I, I was I was confusing it, but yeah, you're right. You're right. The boar does go after him at a certain and point. Then, it, and then he gives his booty to Jack. <laughs> I just like the idea of a formal presentation. <laughs> just like, Jack, here's my booty. <laughs> Sawyer, turn over your booty. <laughs> I'm officially relinquishing my booty to you, Jack. <laughs> Take care of it. You know, and this actually makes me realize that whole idea about alcohol was not a not a big deal at all. Like there weren't any alcoholics on the island going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, I'm like, yeah. I realized that that was an easy plot point they could have they could have dug into. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Jack was the closest thing to an alcoholic, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think he really thought about it. Uh, oh. <laughs> after he crashed, he had the bottles in his pocket, and uh, he used them for the wound on his back. Yeah, but like, that that seems like they they they. Not that they needed to do anything more for him in the beginning, but that could have been a very easy thing for him to deal with, was, like, he's got all this pressure of being a leader, and now he's going to fall back into alcoholism to deal with that. That, that right. would have been an easy thing to do. Uh, what did they do instead? <laughs> what, was, what was Jack doing when he was stressed out? Like, nothing? Crying? Crying? I don't know. I guess. I mean, yeah, he would get angry. Like, yeah, he didn't really have a he didn't really have a way to cope with his stress. That that was part of his problem, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would just kind of he would just kind of lash out at people and Maybe stuff. He just like, he, his power was denial, so he was just in denial by his own stress. Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like because they had Charlie and the the heroin thing, it would have been kind of redundant to have someone be an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Um, so. I sort of see why they didn't do that, but uh, but it, it there's an obvious supply there for an obvious reason. Yeah, and that makes me realize none of the characters have really any overlapping issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's almost like it was designed that way. Almost! Like somebody made a concerted effort to make them all different. It's it's really just a coincidence, but you know, if I believed in fate, hey. <laughs> All right, you ready for the trap? Let's do the trap. The trap. When Hurley falls into a trap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says Hurley falls into a pit, actually a trap of locks to catch food, which is maybe where he got that fresh meat. It takes the combined efforts oh, of shit. four of our castaways to get him out. A rescue that highlights his obesity and further alienates him from the others. Yeah, that would have been a sad episode where the whole point is, Hurley, you're fat. Yeah. That's lowercase o others. Um, yeah, wow. Wow, what a, yeah, what a sad... I mean, they definitely still focused on that, but that would, that would make it, um, yeah, extremely demeaning. Mm-hmm. Even even further than they went, I I felt bad on the helicopter when like they were using fuel and like Frank's like we could stand to lose like two or three hundred pounds. And then, like, <laughs> oh god, yeah. And then they cut to Hurley, and I was just like, oh god. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just it's just depressing. It's like wow, the whole episode is about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, whole episode. Damn. Not just, like, one scene, but, like, the whole fucking episode. Yeah, you're right, though. I feel like this reveals where he got the meat from. <laughs> yeah, I think this is where he got the meat from. He he killed it. It's like, but why is that? That shouldn't have been a mystery. I don't know. Okay. It, I think it was a mystery for Locke. I mean, I think mostly, unless they were really going to come up with the mystery, it's just he wants to keep that his power, you know. He, he doesn't want to tell people how he's doing this or else they can go do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That's something Locke would do. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready for the next one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Vincent must go. <laughs> <laughs> 
With food scarce and Vincent the Labrador, a mouth to feed himself, a very serious debate breaks out as to what to do with the dog. Michael finds himself confronted with a hard choice. Piss off the entire camp or risk breaking the already tenuous bond he holds with his son. Wow. Yeah, there's no way they're killing a dog on a TV show, so... Wow. Wow. I can't believe that was going to be a whole episode. Mm-hmm. We, we gotta kill the dog. Kill the dog. Why don't we kill the dog? Hey, that's my dog! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been a weird one. Yeah, like Vincent centric stuff. They're really uh, two episodes about Vincent already. <laughs> like him and one about Jen. Yeah, yeah. It's like what's going on here? <laughs> Why is Vincent such a rich source of plots? Like I just so like in the end, I guess Vincent just mostly uh, fed himself. Like he, that, he I think that's mostly... why they had him being just gone, so no one had yeah. to really, like deal with how he's eating. But I mean, once they found all that food, like no one was really worried about food supplies anyway. Yeah, I think there was Dharma branded dog food there too. So I'm sure there was. And, like, even before that, like, no one was really worrying about food supplies. I mean, it, it, I, it never felt like a big problem, just like the water. You know, it's like they had fish and they had mangoes and, you know, and then they had the Dharma stuff. But even after that, when they didn't have it anymore, it was still like, meh, we're, we're fine. Yeah. You know, in season six, they weren't worried about where they were going to find food. You know, they never even talked about it. You know, obviously it wasn't about it at that point, but it's just, it's, it's weird to me. I mean, it makes sense because those are the, like, the basic things that you think about when you're on a, you know, yeah. quote unquote deserted island, but like, yeah. you know, a whole episode about the dog? I don't know. Anyway, are you ready for the next one? Forbidden Fruit. Am I reading this one? Oh, wait, did I read the last one? Yeah, I did. One. All right, you're when forbidden. our survivors come across a grove of trees which bear. A ripe yet unidentifiable fruit. Mango. <laughs> the only thing that stops them from immediately picking it and bringing it back to the others is a mysterious sign posted at the grove's entrance. Unfortunately, the words written on it are in a script and language they have never seen before. So wow. not only is it in a language they haven't seen before, but a script, script. they haven't seen before. Yeah. I don't even know what How that means. I, well, I assume it means the the letters. They don't recognize the letters. But wouldn't that also dictate the language being something? Like, can you write something in letters you haven't seen before, but also be a language that you've seen before? Like, <laughs> like um, I, get, I no. mean, you could write something that's English, but not use English letters. I mean, is it English then? <laughs> well, so... Yeah, right. No, you're right. I, I think the answer is no, pretty much. I mean, you know, you, you can do transliterations, like, uh, with, with languages that have different alphabets, like in Russian or, or uh, Chinese or Japanese or something. You can you can take the sounds and try to write them down with, like, uh, you know, the regular let the Latin alphabet that English uses, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so you, can, you could do that. That's the closest thing I could think of, like, writing a language where you might not know the letters but it is a language you know <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't know mm -hmm. that's it that's it that's the best i that's the best i got 
Okay. I get it. I think I get it what they're trying to describe, but it just seems over just like they don't need to say it that way. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of for emphasis. Uh, okay, but anyway, so there's a there's a tree with fruit again, another food centric episode. Um, mm-hmm. and, and but it, there's a sign that says something, and they then there's they've got to figure out how to translate this sign, I guess. The first yeah. question is, you know, and that's an interesting mystery. You know, who wrote this sign? Why is it mm-hmm. you know there? I guess the answer would be. Uh, I don't know what the answer would be, I guess. But my point was um, they'd have to, I guess, track down someone who knows this language. Right. Which would be tough because they've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe some of the other survivors who aren't there. Some red shirt who's an anthropologist yeah. or who's, you know... They, they study languages or something maybe might have a and I, I feel like uh, the title since the title's forbidden fruit it makes me think that they're gonna find out that uh, they're gonna find out that the sign says something about not eating it for sure well why have a sign unless you're saying don't eat it if you're if yeah. you're saying eat this you don't put up a sign <laughs> It's a good point. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the that's the sign that sort of does itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't want people to do something, you have to put up a sign. So yeah, it's gonna say. I thought what you were gonna connect it to was the Garden of Eden or something, and maybe I did think about that as well. Yeah, maybe that's what they're getting at here. Is it's it's so it's so ancient that maybe this is like the Garden of Eden tree and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then they'll see a oh my god. see a snake or something, and it'll oh my god, click. That's another level. Yeah, they're in purgatory, you know. So that's good. But I I I like this one. This is an example of a kind of uh, uh, a kind of episode they have in here. I think. Um, uh, I guess we haven't gotten to the other ones yet. Um, where they they hint at like a possible direction they could have gone in in terms of mysteries that they didn't mm-hmm. you know like they never really did anything like this yeah um and uh i'm curious what they had in mind here like i i it's it's interesting yeah i would assume it would have tied into the others you know if not directly like you know, if they did get an answer, it would have been the others, and this is a sacred tree or something. But yeah, it's just yeah. mangoes. I'd like to think it's just it's just <laughs> mangoes. And... Here be mangoes. <laughs> yeah, that's what the sign says. Eat, eat, eat all you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, this is a good one. I, I want to watch that one. Um. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? Ready. War games. Several of the castaways awaken to find something sharp sticking in their sides. Blow darts. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the way this is written. Uh, adding to their growing horror, someone has painted tribal markings on their makeshift shelters. Paranoia dictates that the others are finally planning an attack, which necessitates our group's first real attempt to build up their defenses. Until it becomes clear that the threat might not be coming from outside, but from within. 
So wait, it becomes clear that the threat might not be coming from the other. Then it's not clear, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not quite very well worded. It should say it becomes clear that the threat is not coming. Yeah, all right. From the outside. But within, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're like maybe. Yeah. It's weird because the others do use blow darts. They do use blow darts. They did attack the camp. Um, yeah. The marking. They, did they mark? Any, they did mark. They did they mark something? Um, yes. Yes. Uh, Juliet had. Uh, or the others had Juliet mark the tents yes. of the pregnant women. Yeah. To tell them which one to take. Yep. Yep. There it is. So they did most of this. Yeah, they did. They did. It would totally. It would totally make sense. And they. Yeah, I mean, they had that idea happen multiple times. Um, but it's weird that it's supposed to be coming... It's also... There's a little Blair Witchy thing going on here with the, like, weird uh, tribal markings. And, um, it, and it's their paranoia that makes them think the others are planning an attack. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Even and though the, the, blow, the blow darts and the markings don't make it clear. It's the paranoia. Right. Yeah. Make, and they're, that's what's going to do it. I think I think they wanted to they wanted to tell us that uh, that 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 assumption was wrong, and they did have that idea, you know, with the burning of the raft, for example, where like they 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 assume it's the others, but uh, it yeah. turns out it's within the group. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and it happened with the son kidnapping also. So they they definitely use that idea of like thinking it's the others, but it just seems weird, like. I, I just, I don't really see how the plot works to have blow darts and tribal markings coming from within the survivors. <laughs> like, I, uh, that well, makes maybe, sense. Maybe, well, but maybe they're just saying one of the others is, is, has infiltrated the group or something. But but it, are you just saying logistically? Well, the blow darts is weird to me. I could see the, tri the, the, the markings make sense, but, I mean, what, do you, what are the blow darts for anyway? I mean, it's like... You know, you, you, you hit someone a blow dart if, if you're trying to attack them or if, if it has, like, a paralytic, you know, maybe incapacitate them or something. But to wake up hit by blow darts with seemingly no consequence, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So I feel like they would have to discover the reason for that. Yeah. That there, that there should be a reason why they were all blow darted. You yeah, know? who's going to blow dart you while you're sleeping? That's yeah, a little weird. I don't understand. And I also find it curious that the title is War Games. Mm. You know, it makes me think that it makes me think something weird like, like, uh, like Locke did it or something. Yeah, it's that's exactly what it's gonna be. It's gonna be someone who's like, listen, it's gonna be Locke's speech about you know we're yeah. not alone out here. Yes. And and I did this for your own good because we're too complacent. It's too yes. easy to get attacked. They're out there. They want to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the only ones in Simon and we all know it. Oh, know it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this is. And, and he's the War Games guy. He's the exactly. he's Jim Fuck. Oh, man. Exactly. Well, we, we, we cracked that episode. That's done. We know yeah. the there. Yeah. It was really the title. That was yeah. the only reason I thought of that. Title, yeah. Otherwise, it never would have occurred to me. 
Yeah, well, it's nice to solve the mystery of an episode we'll never see. That's what was weird to me about that that, that line that paranoia dictates that the others are playing their attack, which mm-hmm. means they just think it's true. So yeah, so that means it's right. not it's not true. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Too bad we, we cracked an episode that never never happened. But <laughs> but yeah, they basically did versions of that. They did versions of all those major things. Absolutely. Yeah. We all know it. <laughs> they kept playing that like for years. They love that clip. I want a version of that where it's like, and we all, and it just goes <laughs> for like two minutes, and it's just like, know it. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you know, you're just cutting to different people watching him, like, say that, and they're just like, when's he going to speak? <laughs> I think we get it. You can, uh-huh. you can stop now. Uh, all right, jealousy. All right. A suspected flirtation begins to build between Jack and Sawyer. I mean, oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <What if> Sawyer <laughs> offers his booty to Jack willingly. <laughs> He's like, no need to trade anything, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you can have my booty for free. <laughs> All right. An unexpected flirtation begins to build between Michael and Son. What? And what? both their counterparts ain't too pleased about it. Where did Sawyer come in here write this again? Why they ain't too pleased? They ain't too pleased. This dialogue here. Eager to win his wife's affection back but too entrenched in his own cultural bias. Whoa. Uh, Jen finally caves and allows Walt, feeling abandoned and thus motivated to throw a wrench in his father's new romance, to begin teaching him English lessons. Oh, my God. Wow. Walt teaching Jen English. Wow. There's your alternate universe there, people. Yeah. Wow. So, so Walt's like, hey, my daddy like him, like and I'm going to get back at him by teaching you English. <laughs> wow. so, but, okay, I do like the idea of their, the flirtation between Michael and Son, because we had always talked about that. We'd always it's definitely there. So it's definitely there from the beginning that they were doing something with that. Absolutely. Yeah, and this makes it official. Yeah. They, they never... They never went that far. They just kind of had those moments. Those, yeah, those moments, yeah. And and they never pushed it beyond that. Um, but yeah, this would be... And it also, it progresses the Janet learning English thing more than they did. Like, it took... I mean, they, he didn't really seriously learn English until the Dharma thing. Yeah. You know? It's like they wanted him to learn English faster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it allows him to, like, speak to other characters. Oh, yeah. I guess you want that on a TV show. <laughs> Tandy. <laughs> so I totally get it. But, yeah, they, they found a way. It was tough, but they, they sort of made it work anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting idea. I think, I, I think again, like, we, d- we definitely see... Um, we definitely see that being preserved. As with a lot of these things. But yeah, specifically, no. But no big mystery. This is like, this is a character episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you ready? Oh my god. Oh god. Are you ready for I this? Don't, not for that title. <laughs> oh my god, I'm afraid. Okay. The cat problem. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. 
that title. Okay. <clears throat> Are you saying we might encounter a catastrophe? Perchance <laughs> a catlamity? <laughs> That's all I got. I don't think I can do anymore. How many cat butts are there, really? <laughs> the cat problem. I can't believe this. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> uh, the cat oh, problem. Cat nundrum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. A series of flashbacks drastically counterpoint Locke's former life as an office drone with the warrior he has always dreamed himself to be when he boldly decides to hunt down the three predatory jungle cats that are raiding the camp and devouring the dwindling food supply. So apparently they turned predatory jungle cats into a boar. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. And called it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they basically did that. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't a cat problem. <laughs> cat problem. <laughs> the cat. It's all about me, Kyle, taking care of Nadia the cat. <laughs> yeah, right? He's an asshole. He keeps peeing on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, yeah, they certainly had the counterpoint. They certainly had Locke hunting um, and dreaming of being the warrior and trying to be that on the island. And, and even uh, the boar raiding the camp. Um, so it's it, it didn't it didn't quite all do an episode. Predatory but. jungle cats. That's a bit much to try to take down. Three of them too. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. All right, the dig. When the survivors discover, I think they put that apostrophe in the wrong place. Oh, yeah, wait. they did. No, yeah, there should be no apostrophe. No apostrophe. When it's the survivors <laughs> discover a tiny piece of metal jutting from beneath the rocky ground, a massive attempt to unearth it begins. But the digging instruments are rudimentary and put a strain on already scarce resources. The dig continues, however, ultimately revealing a locked hatch, impossible to breach, but offering up a fascinating new dimension to the island's unexplored territory. All right, so this is uh, the hatch. <laughs> they absolutely did this. Um, a little bit. <laughs> I guess. I guess the the key difference is is that uh, the survivors don't really discover it. It's not like yeah. they all know about it. It's a secret for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it it's Lock and Boone specifically. It's not just the survivors. And I guess the other thing is that um, it's not like. Uh, it's not like one episode. It's, yeah, it's a it's a long continue. They turn it into a huge plot instead of this. But I feel like if you've been reading this thing so far and you, you have know an what idea that, what it is, yeah, exactly. Like whereas when you're watching the show, you don't know that there's uh the you know the history the 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 the, 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 the corporate think tank slash military uh. Uh, group that installed all these stations on the island, you know. So if you've been told that, I feel like the answer is kind of evident. But yeah, still we see here very clearly something that they absolutely uh, did. And and again, I think we see why they keep calling it the hatch after instead yeah. of the station because it starts out literally it's just the hatch and yeah, it's just a hatch, guys. Uh, all right, okay. 
Okay, next. Alright, here we go. The Still. Fed up with Sawyer's monopoly on alcohol. <laughs> Another booty. <laughs> Michael and Hurley decide to build their own still. God! <laughs> Requiring considerable outside-the-box thinking and a fascinating MacGyver-esque version of island invention. But when Sawyer finds out what they're up to, we learn what industrial sabotage looks like on a tropical island. <laughs> does, that, does that mean he... He he trains a monkey to throw a wrench into their into their <laughs> still. <laughs> See, on a tropical island, a monkey wrench is literally a monkey throwing a wrench. It's actually a monkey and a wrench. Monkey and a wrench. <laughs> you ain't never seen that coming. <laughs> so yeah. they, they're obsessed with alcohol. Yeah, it was a big deal. Damn. Like Michael and Hurley really want to drink alcohol so badly. They're gonna make us. They're gonna distill mm -hmm. their own alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna make some major SPS with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be the FPS kings. <laughs> yeah, this. I. This really does not sound like it. I think you could have a whole a whole show based on the warring dimensions of these of these brewing economic models. Yeah. Like SPFs versus <laughs> alcohol, and those are the two major currencies. Which one's gonna win out at the end of the day? SPS versus a APV. <laughs> ABV. ABV. Yes, alcohol by volume. Sure it is. So, so SPF 15 is equal to ABV 20%, I don't know. Exactly. They'll have to have conversion rates. They'll probably change from yeah. day to day, depending on the markets and the relative <laughs> strength. And the confidence of the investors, of course. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, listen, we got to consider the, uh, our, the world markets. By world market, I mean the market on the other side of the island. <laughs> I'm in the market right there where I'm looking right now. Market over there, yeah, behind that mango tree. <laughs> the place where Sawyer's sitting. Exactly, that's the other market. <laughs> they have a bell they ring at the beginning of the day, and then the market, the, the stock's open. <laughs> Man, the show could have been so much worse. This this sounds horrible. I I'm really glad they didn't do that episode. Yeah, this is what industrial sabotage looks like. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Like that's just it crazy. He burns it down. Like what else can it look like? I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. I don't know. Like he he does he does some fracking to like mess up their water supply. Like what happened? I just don't get it. Yeah, he like he like makes a perfect copy of some like bolt they have, but he makes it like <laughs> a millimeter shorter, so their whole system falls apart after a year. I don't know what did they, what is gonna happen. Exactly, like I don't know what the magic. It's just like to call it industrial sabotage. Like how spectacular can it be? Like it's yeah. just. And why does he care so much? It's just like, I, I don't know. Why does he get back with industrial sabotage? Why doesn't he, like, try to get in? Because they have the, a long-term strategy. His supply is going to run out. He should, right. he should be trying to get in on their thing and not, like, ruining it. But I guess he's a short-sighted guy, but still. Yeah. Although, yeah. he does long cons, so I don't know. 
Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. But if SPFs are the ones that matter, like, why should... I mean, I don't know. It's like, what are you going to do with that? You know, I, I control the money supply. Like, how are people going to... Like, listen, no matter how drunk you are, you can still get sunburned, so... <laughs> exactly. You're more likely to sleep in too late, you know, and you need to have your sunblock on or you're going to be sunburned. Yeah, yeah. Before you even wake up, so... Come to Sawyer. Alright, two days of darkness. Alright, you ready? After oh, man. Yeah, you ready? I love this one. Okay, two days of darkness. Wait, After am a... I reading this one? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I read the last one? <laughs> yeah, I did read the last one. I'm sorry. I just got excited. Okay, you're go, go, go. Right. Two days of darkness. After a 48-hour eclipse... The castaways are intrigued by the appearance of thousands of strange, vicious cocoons in and around their camp. Vicious? Viscous. 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 Okay, I thought I was reading that wrong. I was like, yeah, vicious is with S and C the other way around. Okay, thanks, English. You're welcome. Curious, but unwilling to cut one open and investigate, uh, a debate rages as to how to deal with this bizarre new development. And the cocoons are hatching, so they don't have to cut one open. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. That sounds so weird and scary and crazy and, like, a different show from The Lost that I'm used to. Like, I can't imagine them doing this plot for real. And since when is an eclipse 48 days? I guess that would have been part of the mystery of the island, but... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, and it's an eclipse that brings them. Like, this is this is scary. Like, I I really want to know what they're doing with that. Like, I I really I read this and I was like, man, I want to watch that show. Yeah, I mean, but you know, what's it gonna be? Butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't be anything with too long term of a of a consequence. Yeah, it, can, it would be just some either strange island creature or just some creature we've seen before in a, in a different uh, environment, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's definitely, the setup at least is interesting and creepy. I don't know if the answer would have been that good. Maybe not, maybe not. But the important thing is they didn't give us the answer, so I'm allowed to continue to enjoy the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> they can't take that away from you. Exactly, without the crushing defeat of knowing how bad the answer was in the end. Yeah. Because um, I think it's a cool setup. Like, the, the combination of Eclipse and then Cocoons, and then, the, then, and then they're going to hatch. Like, and what's going to happen? Like, it's, it's, like it, it's intriguing. Yeah. I, I, I have to see that episode, and I never will. Never will. So, All right. So instead of the other 48 days, it would have been, like, the other 48 hours. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready? Ready. For the next one? Murder. When a murder <laughs> takes place. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't wait to use that word. I guess that was obvious. When a murder takes place in the camp, Locke uses the fear and suspicion of the castaways to start a witch hunt, and ultimately it is Charlie who becomes the most likely suspect, a situation exacerbated by the onset of Charlie's withdrawal 
and more importantly, the fact that he himself is uh, is unsure as to his innocence or guilt. To be continued in the next one. All right. So what? The is there a murder where Charlie's a suspect? The closest thing that I can think of is, you know, Charlie's the one who does the fake kidnapping on Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, that was, you know, like, Anne Lucia that used that as an opportunity to try to make people scared of the others again. And it wasn't really a witch hunt, per se, but... Uh, yeah, Charlie was never, I think, a big suspect for anything. I mean, except, what, I don't know, using the drugs, mm-hmm. stealing the drugs, 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 drugs. Like, I don't know that he ever really, yeah, you know. And and there was the son thing. But yeah, the murder, like, this is a murder mystery. This is like the cop show kind of thing. Yeah. But it's interesting that Locke uh, uses the fear to start a witch hunt, like, uh, implying that he's doing it intentionally. Like, I, I don't really understand why he'd be like alright I'm gonna use this opportunity to start a witch hunt like I don't know that's just it's so, it seems like a weird thing for him to do mm-hmm. I mean the way they seem to be implying that he's doing it intentionally I mean it'd be one thing if he you know just wanted to know who it was well I think yeah I think he wants to know who it is and uses their fear and suspicion to, to get everyone to be convinced that they need to root this person out yeah. Instead of just saying, oh, well, we don't know who it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. But, I mean, this is really... I mean, this is just kind of a basic setup. I would have watched this. I'd be curious. It's interesting that he doesn't know if he's guilty or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, he would like, have to be for this to have any legs as a, you know... I right. Because he, he did it. Okay, well, then convict him i don't know right yeah that adds a little little ambiguity which helps yeah all right let's go to kangaroo court because this was supposed to be the part that this is continued in this is the follow-up yeah kangaroo court while Locke would like to see charlie burn at the stake wow continuing the witch hunt yeah thanks for that allegory or not that's not the word i'm looking for what's the other word metaphor not quite. Maybe, uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Anyway, Kay steps forward as the voice of reason and calls for a fair and unbiased presentation of the facts. But civility goes out the door when justice can only be reached. Again, one of these taglines. When civility <laughs> goes out the door. Uh, but civility goes out the door when justice can only be reached by full consensus. Think 12 Angry Men, Survivor style. Ultimately, Kate plays defender to Locke's prosecutor in a trial which is just about, which is just as much about the outing of Charlie's addiction as it is a presentation of the considerable evidence against him. I think the evidence against him is that he's uh, an addict. I think that's part of it. Spoiler alert. Um, this is weird. This is, again, that trial that they really, they were like, listen, here's our trial episode. We're going to have a lawyer, we're going to have a prosecutor and a Mm -hmm. defender, and we're really going to do this trial thing. This, this sounds to me like a Star Trek episode. (laughs) I, I feel like they have episodes like this. They definitely have Star Trek episodes, yeah, where one person has to, yeah, 
yeah, they've done that. Like that's 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 the vibe I'm getting from this. And then and one character is gonna defend them, and another character is going to. Uh, is data alive? Is data alive or not? And then you know one person has to pros to yeah be the prosecutor. One is the defender, but they both like him. But they both have to pretend you know present the evidence. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's uh, it's weird. And they still don't really say whether he was guilty or not. Yeah. It seems like it it it's not about that anymore. Mm mm. It's about it's about the kangaroo court. It's about how they resolve the issue, not whether or not he did it. Exactly, exactly. But like someone was murdered, right? Doesn't that? I don't know. It's, it's weird that it's not quite resolved. All right, next. Okay, next. Uh, abducted. Kate wakes up to find herself bound and gagged in a dark cave, a captive of the others, without capital O. Without knowing without knowing why she's been taken or what they plan on doing with her. Kate is entirely helpless until another captive is thrown into the makeshift until this into this makeshift prison. Locke. Despite their differences up to this point, and in the previous episode where they literally faced off, uh, the two must work together in order to escape their mysterious captors. Ooh, this never happened. No. no. So, Kate did get captured by the others. That's true. She was entirely helpless. That is true. Uh, but she was thrown into a K, a prison with Sawyer, not Locke. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so that, that part, that part did all happen. It wasn't really a dark cave. I mean, they did have, um, they did have that whole tail section thing where, uh, the, you know, they, they threw My Michael and Jen and Sawyer in that, in that pit. And yeah. then they, and then they threw Anna Lucia down to, like, spy on them. And I feel like that's a little bit in the spirit of what they're talking about here. Yep. Um, but, uh. And that was others related to, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they that's that's sort of what they wanted them to think um, at that point. So yeah, uh, yeah. It makes me wonder if that if that was going to be the answer here. That like, uh, you know, Locke was responsible for it or something. For what? For the for Kate's abduction. Why? Yeah, just just because uh, just because in the tail section episode, like, and Lucia has herself thrown down there as a sort of spy. Wait, why would he do that? Is that is yeah. that your question? What what makes you think he would do that? Or I mean, like, why are you saying that? Just just because they, I mean, just because they had a plot where they had a fake prisoner be thrown down. You know. so, but are you saying like the, that the others really didn't do it? It was Locke who Locke is pretending that the others kidnapped Kate, but it's really him I, who did it. I'm just I'm just throwing it out as a theory, based on based on what they actually did in the show. Uh huh. You know, like because they 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 made us think it was the others, and then they revealed that it was the tail section survivors. So it makes me think that maybe something like that was going on here. I see. Although it does pretty clearly state it's the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And that's the thing with that other thing, um, you know, where 
presumably Locke is the person behind the deception. They kind of didn't make it clear who was behind it. Right. Here they make it clear as the others. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, they, the, just the idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and it also raises the question of why the others did this. Like, mm -hmm. kidnap people and toss them in a cave. Like, they, they never, they sort of did stuff like that. But usually it was a little clearer uh, what they were doing. Yeah. But, uh, but maybe we would have found that out eventually. I don't know. Or maybe they just escape and we were supposed to find out later. Or we never find out. So many options. Anyway, there are. All right. Um, all right. Lamaze. <laughs> or is it Lamaze? I hope it's not Lamaze. <laughs> uh, coming to grips with the reality that she's actually going to have her baby on the island, Claire finds herself getting prenatal preparation from an unlikely source when an emergency forces her into a cave with Sun and Jin, a couple now at war with each other. Wow. <laughs> Bad place to be, Claire. Yeah, wow. That's uh, that's what I'd call la maze. That's a la maze if I ever seen one. I do. I don't understand this title. Is la is la maze a thing? I think it's supposed to be Lamaze because it's about Claire and her baby. What what's Lamaze? Lamaze is like Lamaze class. You know the breeding technique for when you're in labor. Oh, I've not. I didn't. I don't know that. It's called Lamaze. You never heard of Lamaze? You no, I've never heard of Lamaze. Well, it's French, so I know you've heard of it. No, I swear I've never heard of Lamaze. Well, it's an American term, because we use it all the time on every TV show about babies. Really? You've heard of Lamaze? I you, swear you, I've never heard of Lamaze. Oh, come now. There's only that... there's only like three things we know collectively about having babies. One of them is that the storks bring the baby. Two of them is the second thing is uh, Lamaze, and the third thing is I don't know. I just made up three things. No, oh. Lamaze. You've heard of Lamaze? Come on. I swear I've never heard of this. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. I I'm shocked. Shocked? I'm shocked that I've never heard of this. I really. I, no. Uh. <laughs> wow. I it. I feel like I should have heard of this, but I just haven't. Okay. I was really. I really thought it was La Maze because I'd never heard of Lamaze. Uh, well. But yeah, you're right. It's it is. It's a French uh, doctor who invented this, and his last name was Lamaze. So. That's what I, so it is La Maze, you're right. That's yep. how you should say it. There it's it not is. La, it's not La Maze. <laughs> not La Maze. Or La Maze. <laughs> La Maze, no. That's too it's French. Not. <laughs> it is. It well, is. you know, you learn something new on every Lost Lowdown, right? So what, I'm uh, glad I could learn uh, something. It I, it's like, it. I wonder what you thought people were saying, because I know you've seen episodes of TV when they're talking about, yeah, I gotta go do that Lamaze class, and, and you know, oh, Lamaze this and that, and maybe you just didn't know what that word meant, so you didn't put it together with... Uh, I must have been. I must have just been like, meh, okay, whatever. I guess it's some weird L.A. thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so strange. So, this sounds like a bottle episode. Yeah. Literally, they're in a cave. Yeah, exactly. Actually, the previous one was, too. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, like, I mean, this idea, 
sort of happened, but um, yeah, they didn't do a whole episode about it, and and it's a good thing, I think. But if there's one thing I can be thankful for, it's that this episode taught me a new word. <laughs> I do appreciate that. I don't learn a new word every day. I know. Sadly. Um, all right. Wow. Are you ready for the next one? I am. Maybe I'm going to learn a new word again. I know. I hope you know what this word means. The raft? What's that? <laughs> oh, God. It's French. <laughs> Best for what? Having a baby. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, okay, the raft. Saeed salvages a package from the debris field that could change the lives of the survivors. A fully functional inflatable escaped raft, escape raft from one of the plane's exit rows. While some argue that the raft would be an invaluable addition to the survivors' camp as waterproof roofing or a device to collect water... <laughs> Oh, man. Love that. It's like, whose line is it anyway? What can you do with this raft? Yeah. Come up, come up with ten things. Uh, Saeed announces his intention to get off the island, hoping to drift into a shipping lane and initiate a rescue. Oh, God can't even see the shipping lanes next to this island. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea of, 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 let's use this as waterproofing for our roof. <laughs> I know, it's like, is it, I don't know. I, I guess I see the, I guess I see the advantage, but it's, yeah, it seems extreme. Yeah, it's just a hilarious thing to, to use that for. Like, I get it, but it's like, there's so many other uses. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, if they actually found a raft, yeah, I would think, I would think they'd want to try to use it mm -hmm. for what it's for. Like a raft. <laughs> Let's use it for what it's for rafting somewhere so i guess i guess this uh i guess this became them building the raft instead mm -hmm. of finding the raft and you know that makes me think they could have done a a, a a series of episodes where they find this inflatable raft they decide to use that to get off the island but then somebody destroys that mm -hmm. then they have to go build a, a raft from scratch yeah, that would have yeah, that would have been a little cleaner. It yeah. was a little strange the to, to build two rafts. Yeah. And then Michael's like, actually, I'm glad. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a line you gotta have. But you know what? I learned some extra engineering techniques, <laughs> and this was better. <laughs> I really wish someone would destroy this one so I could learn even <laughs> more lessons. <laughs> I know that's kind of the obvious conclusion. Yeah, like, so it's kind of like Michael. How about? You just keep building them. I'll keep destroying them. By the by, the tenth raft, we'll have the one we really need because that'll be the best <laughs> one. Exactly. Or maybe okay. there's a law of diminishing raft turns. <laughs> Did I go too far? Never. That a never. <laughs> okay. A pun can never go too far, pun especially when it involves rafts. Yeah. There you go. Raft turns. Uh, Alright, you ready for the next one? Yes. Um, soldiers. Did I, uh, yeah, I read this one, right? Soldiers yeah. worker queen. A what? Of wild berries is used by the castaways. Wait. A patch of wild berries <laughs> used by the castaways is found stripped clean. And, is, and it soon becomes clear that the island is being subjected to a marching swarm of ravenous soldier ants. <laughs> 
what? This is not the macrophobe. Arachnophobia treatment. The ants are microscopic. Are they microscopic? They're microscopic. It literally says they're microscopic. You without a microscope. These are scary ants. Um, with their own society in its... <laughs> I thought they met the ants. <laughs> huh? When I first read with their own society, I thought it meant the ants. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I, thought it just, I was waiting to finish the sentence because I thought they meant the ants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe they do. I don't know, but I don't think so. Finish the sentence. With their own society in its most fractured state, Kate emerges as the clearest thinker among the ants. No. <laughs> we shall follow you. She is born to run, and so are we. Uh, all right. Kate emerges as a clearest thinker, establishing herself as a true leader when the alpha males of the island are unable to resolve their differences. Wow. Wow. You got, you got blunt. The alpha males can't get it together. Mm-hmm. So, Soldiers. Worker. Queen. That's it's Kate. a series of words for this title. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the alpha males are like, listen... Let's just step on all the ants. <laughs> Kate's like, no, 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 guys. <laughs> They're microscopic. We can't see them all. <laughs> She's clearly the smartest. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel like there's a metaphor here. Like, the ants are like them, and the way the ants organize themselves ends up happening here, and the rest of them become drones, and they need to listen to the queen, who's Kate. My mouth is, like, agape right now. <laughs> Because you just cracked this impenetrable <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> because, you know, the leader of a colony of ants is a female. Mm-hmm. And the lossies on the island is like a colony. Exactly. Chance they could use female leadership. Mm-hmm. That would be my conclusion. Sports chemicals everywhere to instruct the others what to do. <laughs> I'm assuming mm-hmm. that you have to continue the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, squirt, squirt, that means build something. <laughs> How do we know where you're going, so I just follow my squirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, need to, we need to stop while we're behind because this is already too much. It's already too much. <laughs> we we cracked it before and then we just it. We blew it up. up. Alright, let's just go to the next one. I don't want to say anything about this one here. I think we ruined everything that was clean and good and pure about the show. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about ants like that. Oh man. I forgot they did that. Woo! Okay. Alright, we're 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 done with the ants. Done with always <laughs> done with the ants. <laughs> we shall never let's, just say, let's just say they never did this episode and we're glad. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's why they didn't do it, because they were trying to, like, break the story episode, and they were like, listen, guys, we're going to get to a point where Kate is squirting, and we have to stop. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's too far. That's too far. Even for Lost. No, I think, uh, I I see the idea of that episode, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. 
I, I, I'm not sure it would have been that great. It's the fact that ants are the main problem. Well, maybe, uh, maybe Hurley would have had like a CD of Dave Matthews Band. They could have played Ants Marching and. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that might have helped. <laughs> or maybe it would be like, shut up, Hurley. That's why you don't make decisions. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. Next episode. Return of the Gun. Having lived quite comfortably in a world free of firearms. What? Sawyer and Saeed both discover that their respective pieces of the gun what oh okay divided between them by kate and the pilot have been stolen although the two immediately suspect one another they eventually team up to find the culprit um you know that's funny i forgot that even happened in the pilot i, I don't think they either i don't think they bring that up again I don't think they even mentioned that gun. So what happened? Like, somebody gets the gun and somebody gets the clip or something? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what happened. When the, when they're fighting and they get broken up, I guess, uh... I guess it... I guess... Uh, no, 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 no. It was after Sawyer shoots the polar bear, and so they find out he has the gun, and then, uh... Uh... I guess she splits it up. Uh, Saeed doesn't want to let him keep it or something. And I, I feel like they don't talk about that gun anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to find... Hmm. I was trying to see what they said about it on the wiki. Because I don't really remember specifically that what happened there, but... But yeah, that's a uh, out of an interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's called Return of the Gun. It's like there's only one gun. Uh, at this in this version of the show, they don't have the episode where they find the big stash of guns. That was uh, something they decided on later, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and that's when Kate lies about it. she doesn't know how to use a gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she knows. Oh, she knows. All right, next. The sky is falling. Hope flickers when a small plane flies over the island, but moments later it bursts into flames. Before it crashes into a mountainside, a single parachuter leaps from the plane. Despite vast distance and impending nightfall, a rescue party immediately organizes, but what they find when they reach this new visitor is the last thing anyone expects. Which is? I have no clue. So I they, guess you can't guess. They did, uh... Oh, wait, I don't... Oh, can, I, can I guess? Should I guess? What are you saying? No, if it's the last thing you expect, then it's probably hard to guess. Yeah, oh, yeah this episode they did both parts right so we, we we do have we know about the plane crashing into the island that's true they did that part and then they, then we had another part where a parachuter jumps out but not from a plane but from right. a helicopter 
But the helicopter did crash. The helicopter did crash too. That is crazy. in in one of the most memorable, confusing moments of the series, That's true. where it just kind of went plop. Yeah, water. <laughs> like that was a helicopter crash. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> I didn't really get that, but yeah, this is Naomi. Naomi. I don't know. I don't know if that's what they had in mind there. If it was going to be connected with, uh, you know, I don't know what. I don't know what they had in mind. Yeah, but. they didn't. They, yeah, they didn't either. They just had to set up. Exactly. Yeah, this is, a, you know, sometimes their description is pretty much a whole episode, and then sometimes it's just a setup. Like this is this right. is the first like ten minutes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. All right. Next. Uh, Black Box. The castaways find the flight data recorder from the cockpit. After undergoing a massive technical... <laughs> after undergoing a massive technological journey just to listen to it, what they ultimately redefine... <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some missing words here. What they ultimately discover redefines everything they thought they knew about what caused the crash. All right. Well, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, we know what caused the crash. Indeed. Uh, so I don't know if that could have been recorded on the flight data recorder. Yeah. Uh, what what they would have found on there that that would have pointed to the answer that we know, but yeah. presumably they didn't do this because they, they were going to go with a different answer. So yeah. they couldn't really necessarily use this plot. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they never really get data from the plane. I mean, that's not a thing that they even try. You know, they, they do have the whole cockpit intact. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, they even go there and, like, get something from it. But they never go there and try to, like, study it to figure out, like, what happened with the plane. Because it's not a sci-fi show. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, yeah, yeah, I'm curious uh, what they had in mind caused the crash here that they could figure out from the flight data recorder. I really don't yeah. know. I, I assume maybe it's more about the audio recording and the pilot saying something that would have mm-hmm. been helpful. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. The sub. <gasps> the shores of the island yield yet another mystery when a body dressed in an unidentifiable military uniform washes up on the beach near the fuselage. It's a long sentence. The gruesome <laughs> discovery turns into new hope for the castaways who spot a submarine run aground on the barrier reef. Realizing the sub represents potential salvation. A group of our survivors cross the treacherous reef to find that it is not quite abandoned. Oh, wait. <laughs> that's not a punchline. Um, <laughs> wait, what happened? I was too busy dramatically. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm confused. What's not abandoned? The reef or the submarine? The, sub, the sub's not abandoned. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. But it was a little strange. Because in that sentence, like, it should refer to the reef, I think. But okay, all right. Yeah. It is the submarine. Um, well, they did have a submarine <laughs> that was not abandoned. That was not abandoned, and they did have a body wash up on the beach. 
That also happened. Yep. Um, couple times. Yeah, a couple times. A couple times. That's true. Now, identifiable military uniform. That's obviously Dharma. Yeah. But not specifically. And, yeah. Uh, so this is this is pushing the. But 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 what are they gonna do? I mean, did they really think they're gonna they're gonna? Oh guys, a, we're gonna drive the submarine <laughs> just washed up on shore, so now we're gonna go drive it to salvation. Yeah, drive submarine. I guess you pilot it, them. Yeah, you you make it move. I don't know. Just make it move. Or you went to school? I can tell. You push buttons. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, remember in in season six when like they're they're talking about Kate and Sawyer talking about getting off the island, and it's like uh, there's the plane and there's the sub, and and Kate's like, you know, we can't. Uh, who's nobody knows how to fly a plane? We can't use it. And Sawyer's like, we're not taking the plane, Kate. We're taking the sub. Yeah, because that's easier. Because <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> that was the lesson, right? Yeah, we all know water is easier than air. Come on. And and they do all uh, get on a submarine. I mean, the submarine that ends up being the place where Jen and Son die. I mean, they get in there, they drive it, and uh, I mean, but not they, a one of them. They hide. Yeah, they they force the actual submarine pilot to to pilot it. They do. Yeah, don't they? There's a submarine pilot. I didn't think there was anyone on the submarine when they died, thought, except for them. I thought. I thought they had somebody at gunpoint, and they made him him drive it. Oh, did they really? Yeah, so yeah. He, they, so he died there too, and they just didn't show him later. I I'm pretty sure they had somebody else. Do, uh, cause they yeah they were asking somebody about what to do and. But I thought they were sneaking around. I didn't think they had any personnel that they actually kidnapped or something from like Widmore's crew or whatever. Like I first of all. Had, can I just say, this submarine is called Galaga, which I never knew. It is indeed the Galaga, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, no, somebody, somebody's driving this thing. Let me read here, because I don't remember. I think it's Jack or Sawyer or Saeed or something. I mean, I... Wait. I'm pretty sure they don't have anybody else. Because they were sneaking around, and they were getting shot at. Like, they didn't have anybody. Unless I'm just crazy, and I forgot. Oh, wait. This is not the submarine. I want Widmore submarine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Galaga's Dharma submarine. I didn't even know there was two submarines, but there are. Of course there are two submarines. Because the other one, the Galaga blew up. Yeah, that's (laughs) the one Locke blew up. Yeah. Somebody was driving. Am I crazy? I think it was just the the main characters. Am I'm, am I crazy? <laughs> Someone here is crazy. <laughs> it's guaranteed. Because I really don't think they had. I really don't think they had any. Uh... Okay, here's somebody called a sub captain. Okay, that helps. All right, let's see here. Ah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. They held. They held this. Yeah, because I remember there's the whole thing about the radio. He had to like radio right. to somebody or something, and yeah, they. Yeah. they it was somebody. Because I remember we were saying 
when Sawyer's like, yeah, we're taking the submarine, it's like, no way, you guys, you know, who's going to pilot it? And then it, the easy answer was, you hold somebody hostage who knows how to do it. You're right. You're right. Wow, I just forgot about this guy completely. So you're the crazy one. Good. I was, I am the crazy one. I am the crazy one. Yeah, so hopefully they can take somebody hostage from the people who are still alive. Mm. I guess. <laughs> no? Is it, is it, is it, is it Captain Bird? Captain Bird? So there's two sub-captains, there's Captain Bird, oh, he's the captain of the Galaga, sorry. Then there's just sub-captain, who was... Yeah, he's, he's no name. Captain. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Let's, I don't remember Captain right. Bird. That's right, because Frank was in the front with this guy, and it was yeah. Frank who was making him do it. Yeah. That's it, that's it. I just, I couldn't picture it, I still can't, honestly. Like, I believe it now, because it's here. And I don't think you just wrote that just now, but like, it is a wiki page. It's true. You could have. Could have just added it. It's possible. It is. I seriously doubt it, but hey. You'll never know for sure. And then they even find his body in the last episode floating in the water. I don't remember that. See, that's the thing, like, once shit goes crazy, they don't focus on him at all. And that's the thing, that's the part I'm remembering. Yeah, the crazy shit. Yeah, the crazy shit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So, it's interesting to introduce the sub so early, but, uh, yeah. Huh. I don't Um, okay. Uh, Hurricane. Am I re- I'm reading this one, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> unless you're saying it might pronounce, is hurricane a word? Are you familiar with the word hurricane? <laughs> uh, it's not that bad, at least. Uh, hurricane. No longer able to agree about the simplest of things. Our group is on the verge of splitting into two when dark clouds appear miles off the coast. It soon becomes clear that a massive hurricane is heading their way, threatening not only the makeshift settlement they worked so hard to build, but their very lives. <gasps> what? <laughs> uh, so this is monsoon season. Totally. This is our thing. Yeah. They totally... Yeah, they. This. Some part of them wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Sad and lame part of them. It is, I'll say, it is the very last story. So hopefully it was on the last on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... It, it doesn't say that a bumbling science teacher told them all of this. <laughs> yeah. See, and that's kind of interesting, you know, from a writing perspective of how, you know, how they can have an idea. Sometimes it starts with the character, sometimes it's just a plot idea, and then later they'll have to figure out... Okay, well, how does this plot idea come from a character perspective? And then you get Arns saying, oh, this is going to happen, and mm-hmm. you got to do about it. See, but in this case, like, they actually see it, whereas... It's actually... Uh, yeah, the other way was this foreshadowing thing, and and yeah. he was saying it's going to happen, but this is... this is um, They actually see it, and the, the impending doom is for real. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, they don't they don't have to have someone there to tell them something's going to happen. They're just seeing it coming. So, yeah, it, it just changes the whole way yeah, it that's works. A, it's, it's, and that's, again, just classic survival drama because 
you can see one group saying, well, maybe the storm won't hit us. We don't really have to prepare. And then another group saying, oh, we're all going to die. We need to hide in the jungle or something. And so you can get a right. very easy conflict out of just that little idea. Yeah, totally. And the, I mean, they did use it in a way mm -hmm. for for this purpose. Like they they used it as, you know, one of their motivations for for going to get the dynamite, you know, trying to get in the hatch. That's right. Yep. Got to get that dynamite. So, so they, they still, but you're totally right. Like, I think that's another thing. I mean, personally for me, like someone who, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not really planned to write for television, but I am interested in how it works. And I definitely think you get insight into how, you know, specifically these, these writers sort of worked because you can see the development of ideas from, you know, what they were thinking then to what they actually did on the show. And it, it gives you an idea of sort of how they, how they have sort of ideas uh, for plots or character turns or whatever, and then how they sort of morph them into something that actually fits in the show. Yeah. You know, because you, when you just watch the show, it just sort of happens, and you don't really see how that's made up of these disparate things, mm -hmm. you know, that they came up with, you know, in some cases, uh, years before they actually used them. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is season three, episode seventeen. Now it's time to do that heli that uh, helicopter crash plot. <laughs> yeah, remember that helicopter plot? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that was a good idea. We got we got to do that now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's really interesting from that point of view. So that was the last one. That was it. That was it. So then the last page here. It's called The Hard Sell. It's a little epilogue where they basically reconfirm that Lost is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And it'll be better than the best thing ever. And it's also better than that. <laughs> exactly. It's hip, frightening, funny, mysterious, romantic, cinematic. But more than anything, unexpected. Mm-hmm. And then they end with, with probably the worst line. Hopefully we can all get lost together. Yeah. I guess you have to end like that, but you also don't. You don't. Yeah. But you do. But you don't. Yeah. I wish they, they had. Did. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't help themselves. They so uh, the one thing they got right in an overall general perspective is Lost was unlike anything that we've seen on TV and um Definitely a unique cast and unique setting, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see uh, from a story perspective, you know, kind of how the, the the show came about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I feel like uh, also uh, from from the 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 episode ideas that they did use, you can look at the ones they didn't use and also see. Uh, different avenues that the show might have gone down if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was stuff that real Lost writers thought of um, as possible plots. You know, I mean the the cocoon thing and the mysterious fruit and you know all that stuff where it's like, you know, it would have been interesting to see how that was going to develop um, and how that would how would they fit that into the larger sort of island story like. Well, are you saying it's safe to say that with Lost, nothing's implausible? <laughs> wow. Is yes. that, I'm just speaking for you, but I assume that's what you're getting at here. That's exactly what I... I can't put it better. 
I, I, yes. There's, there's no need to say more when it's been said so well. <laughs> um. All right. Well, good, uh, good podcast. This was interesting. Yeah, we, we, you know, this doc came out at least online. Uh, the article about it came out back in September, so we've been uh, planning to do this for a while. So glad to finally get this one done. Yes. Yes. It's very good to. Uh to talk about this thing because I, I I think it's really interesting and uh, I anyone who's like semi obsessed about Lost uh, the way we are uh, should definitely uh, check this out. It's pretty yeah, cool. I think semi obsessed is going too far. I think we're we're mildly interested in it. I think it's <laughs> the most you could say. We have a passing interest in this show. <laughs> It's just passing very slowly. It's just a very slow passing that's all-encompassing while it's passing. <laughs> it's like a black hole passing by. Like, it is going to exactly. absorb all the light. Yeah. But in a couple million years, once it's done passing, it you know, you'll have no, uh, uh, no, no connection to it, so. Exactly. Lost. Lost! <laughs> All right, I wish that was the end of the podcast, but uh, we actually have to end it. Thanks and namaste, or else we'll get fired. That's right. It's literally a contractual obligation. So thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck.